and is only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Sex education classes are like in-home sales parties for abortions. ERA means abortions funding, means homosexual privilege, and means whatever else. Men should stop treating feminists like ladies and instead treat them like the men they say they want to be. Congress should pass legislation to remove from federal courts their jurisdiction to hear these outrageous challenges to the Ten Commandments and the Pledge of Allegiance. What I'm defending is the real rights of women. A woman should have the right to be in the home as a wife and a mother. When it comes to determining child custody, however, sexism is the rule. Sexual harassment on the job is not a problem for virtuous women. After big media, U.S. colleges and universities are the biggest enemies of the values of the red state Americas. The worst censors are those prohibiting criticism of the theory of evolution in the classroom. It is long overdue for parents to realize they have the right and duty to protect our children against the intolerant evolutionists. The atomic bomb is a marvelous gift that was given to this country by a wise god. It's very healthy for a young girl to be deterred from promiscuity by fear of contracting a painful, incurable disease or cervical cancer or sterility or the likelihood of giving birth to a dead, blind, or brain-damaged baby, even ten years later when she may be happily married. Many years ago, Christian pioneers had to fight savage Indians. Today, missionaries of these former cultures are being sent via the public schools to heathenize our children. The people the Republicans should reach out to are the white votes, the white voters who didn't vote in the last election. The propagandists are leading us down the wrong path. Women have babies and men provide the support. If you don't like the way we're made, you've got to take it up with God. President-elect George W. Bush has reached out to those other groups like blacks and Hispanics. He ought to do his reaching out to the people who elected him. Nothing about contraception should be taught in our schools. There's no question that it will encourage sexual activity. By getting married, the woman has consented to sex, and I don't think you can call it rape. Of course, climate changes. Many changes are due to the factors over which humans have no control, such as winds, ocean currents, and sun activity. But the liberals want us to believe that climate change is also caused by gases expelled when humans burn so-called fossil fuels. Those were all actual quotes from Phyllis Schlafly. She was a political gadfly whose lifetime achievement was halting the passage of the Equal Rights Amendment in the 70s. She also founded the Eagle Forum in 1972. Phyllis was a sexist, homophobic, transphobic, xenophobic, Bible-thumping, God-bothering, anti-choice, racist bigot who died earlier this week. Her legacy is one of bitter hatred for those she saw as others and of retarding social progress for a half-century. I'm sure there are those who will miss her. My name is Dan Ellis, and I'm not one of them. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like, uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. whipping. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, not torture. Touch, also not touching. I am, <laughs> I am dyslexic. I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always becomes supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against 
counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. You're done. Obama! Obama? Obama! Obama. <laughs> Welcome to the Godless Revolution. I am Dan Ellis. This is episode 122. Today's August. No, September 7th. Yeah, it's a new month. 2016. Holy fuck. I'm joined in studio by, by Mr. Brian Duffy. Yeah, yeah, he's the mister. And once again in studio with us, we are lucky to have Mr. Jeff Linville. And once again, it is a pleasure to be here. Yay. Thanks so much for coming out again, man. I no really problem. appreciate it. We, we've gotten lots of good feedback whenever we have you on the show that you are, you are a delight to listeners' ears. Oh, my wife would totally disagree with that. <laughs> she doesn't like your sexy, sexy voice? Uh, no, that's not it. She's just heard all the jokes before. Oh. I'm only, this is only the fourth episode. About the fifth, I start repeating. <laughs> you just need some more Laffy Taffy or those popsicle sticks. <gasps> so I need dad jokes. Dad oh, jokes are the best. I have a plethora best. of dad jokes. <laughs> oh, I love dad jokes. Do you want to hear one right now? Yes. How many flies does it take to screw in a light bulb? I don't know. Two, but I don't know how they got in there. <laughs> <laughs> Dad jokes. Bro. Dad jokes. <laughs> nice. Well, for this evening's episode, we have a few news items that we will cover. Uh, I believe, however, first, what we will do is jump right into our our watching of the Commander-in-Chief forum that NBC right. put on, hosted by Matt Lauer, mm-hmm. Inside, what is the name of the- uh, The Enterprise. Inside the Enterprise. Matt Lauer. Not not that the enterprise. enterprise. Oh, really? What <laughs> which enterprise is like it? the one from like World War Two. The Renicar place, right? No. no yeah, not that <laughs> enterprise. Not the USS Enterprise. I have something to say about Star or Star Trek as well. Okay, what's that? Um it is the fiftieth anniversary of Star Trek. Wow. Like tomorrow, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. So what that means Nerd. is, uh, uh, I know <laughs> a happy, a happy, happy, healthy. Sorry, we watched the debate earlier, so I'm we're a all a little rattled. Out of sorts. Uh, a happy fiftieth anniversary to a truly great secular society oh. known as Star Trek. Yes. Excellent. Thanks, Ray. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Uh, as you mentioned, we did watch. The forum earlier, so this will be our second time going through it. So if we miss any jokes the first time, we'll get them the second time around. Well, and the first time was, I think I like to watch things like that twice just so that I can get more of the anger out initially, like my initial reactions, and then I can do a little research like looking up quotes from people that they've said in the past and things like that, so... Like fact checking, yeah, oh. it's very interesting, oh. and and having some time to mull over what they've said and go, oh hey, wait a minute, didn't this happen? And motherfucker, yeah. you just said that. So I I, I I'm making a an 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 exp- or, or um a proclamation right now. Mm-hmm. I promise I will think about all of Trump's quotes equal in time that he thought about them. Okay, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a, it's, it's bound to be barrels of laughs and I'm excited for it. Yippee. So we'll, uh, take a quick little break here and get it set up and be right back with y'all. Be back, y'all. Mm-hmm. God that our neighbors believe in is essentially an invisible person. He's a creator deity who created the universe to have a relationship 
with one species of primate. Lucky us. <laughs> and and he, he's, got, he's got galaxy upon galaxy to attend to, but he's especially concerned with what we do, and, and he's especially concerned with what we do while naked. <laughs> Here follows a public service announcement for the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast. <laughs> Greetings, Americans. Over here in London, we are well aware that not all of you are loud, xenophobic, racist, sexist, religious nuts. But many of your politicians who display these frightful traits seem to be quite popular. Particularly a certain wall-obsessed, small-handed, best word-using, daughter-perving, war-inciting, candy-floss-headed clown. To those of you who choose to follow such balderdash, we strongly recommend not to listen to the two sceptical chaps. It probably won't be your cup of tea. Otherwise, give us a listen. Each episode we cover any news or current affairs from across the globe. Things that annoy or delight us. That's two as in the number two. And sceptical with a K. The wrong way to spell it. Cheerio! What is the probability that Yahweh is the one true God in Amun-Ra, Aphrodite, Apollo, Baal, Brahman, Ganesha, Isis, Mithras, Osiris, Shiva, Thor, Vishnu, Wanton, Zeus, and the other 986 gods are all false gods. You guys are atheists just like me of all the gods I just rattled off. Some of us just go one god further. Why do you think America is a Christian nation? That was the creator of everything. The Christian belief to be the foundation of our life. And I believe God isn't done with America. And that's the Lord we know. This is Matt Delahunty, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. The Commander-in-Chief Forum. From the carrier intrepid in New York, here now is Matt Lauer. There's a Concord sitting down there. Hmm. Yeah, and so we, we misspoke earlier by saying it was the Enterprise, but it's yeah, the intrepid. intrepid. And also, thank you guys for doing that little bit with me at the start of the show. Yeah. Was, we should thank you for editing it. Because <laughs> oh, I'm going to leave all your guys' fuck-ups in there. <laughs> but, no, it, she... I've I've seen a ton of people make posts just talking about the death of Phyllis Schlafly and like, oh, I know it's never good to wish for the death of somebody or to celebrate their death or to speak ill of the dead or whatever. I'm like, no, fuck that. Yeah. If they're a piece of shit human being who caused suffering throughout their lifetime for hordes of other people, fuck them. I'm yeah. glad they're dead. You know what? I, I, I went through the same thing. I, I kept – when we discussed what we were going to talk about today and about her death a little bit and I – thought to myself, well, I don't really want to go down to the level and say, you know, I'm, I'm glad she's dead, which I'm having some internal struggles because, <laughs> like I said, uh, I don't enjoy other people suffering through the death of a loved one. But on the other hand, she caused so much suffering. Well, and I can I can feel and, and sympathize for her relatives who are left behind who like i said i'm sure there are some people who are going to miss her i am not one of them but let's hope it's not like an old kung fu movie where the master dies and the students try to continue their legacy (laughs) oh they will no don't worry master we will carry on your traditions we will kill the gays of hating that was more mexican who is not like us (laughs) 
Yeah, I, yeah. Fuck Phyllis Schlafly. And, oh. and I always feel like when I see posts like that, I can't imagine that those people, well, fuck, I don't know. I, they, I can't, I guess I can't put myself in their shoes of saying, regardless of how horrible a human being is, you should never celebrate their death. Well, I, I don't, I don't understand that logic. Well, the, the first thing that came to my mind is what I posted out on the Gauss Revolution Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Ding dong, which is dead. Yes. Which is dead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, and, uh... and not, not knowing, you know, fully who she is and what her, what her mission was as a, as a whole. I mean, you know, on the surface what it was two, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago when Mike was in here, mm -hmm. he is a direct, direct, um, uh, suffer from her policies mm -hmm. and her He's hatred. A That's right. Yeah. When, her, when Michael Rupp was in here and was talking about his mother, who was the education, education, education director yeah. for the Eagle forum. Mm -hmm. And, and to see like not indirectly, but absolutely directly the, the kind of hatred and vitriol mm -hmm. that spews from her mouth and how it affects seriously affects um, people around mm -hmm. them and, and, and in the organization and leads to families disowning yeah. their gay children. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, I think ding dong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the witch is dead. The wicked witch anyway, is dead. Anyway, I, I didn't mean to pull us off on a little, on a little tangent here. That's but, not like us. Yeah. But thank you both very much because <laughs> seriously, fuck that woman. But don't, because she's dead, and that would be creepy. And it's legal in most states. And she, so, she was 92 when she died, too, so even... Yeah. So now you're saying atheists are promoting necrophilia, huh? <laughs> well, she, no, I specifically said do not oh. actually oh. do it. Yeah. Oh. Just metaphorically, fuck her. But if you put a ring on her finger, she would say it's okay. She wouldn't say anything. No, but she would approve of it And you'd have, still you'd have you'd have a hard time... That, that we're going to It'd be like making love to a powdered donut. Uh. <laughs> okay, let's get on with the forum, shall we? <laughs> Profound and lasting impact on all Americans, but none more so than the brave men and women who serve, fight, and die for our country. What makes tonight's forum unique, some of the questions will be asked by U.S. military veterans who are in our audience. The presidential nominees will appear back-to-back -to -back tonight after a coin toss yesterday, won by Mr. Trump. He chose to go second. So that means we begin tonight with the Democratic nominee for president. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Hillary Clinton. There she is. <laughs> Lovely red pantsuit sitting on some Ikea chairs. Mm -hmm. Good to have you. Little too tall for the aging Miss Clinton. Ease is on up there. Nice to see you. Good evening. Thank you very much. So happy me, you're doing this. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Let me ask you something ahead of time that I'll ask Mr. Trump in a half an hour. To the best of your ability tonight, can we talk about your qualities and your qualifications to be commander-in-chief and not use this as an opportunity to attack Mr. Trump, all right? And I'll ask him the exact same thing. I think that's an exactly right way to proceed. <laughs> yeah, let's see how well, he, let's see how well either one of them can follow it. Yeah. Each of us should be presenting our experience, our expertise, and our plans to protect and defend the United States and, and our allies the wind around up the world. To the what pitch. is the most mm -hmm. important characteristic that a commander-in-chief can possess? Steadiness. An absolute rock steadiness and mixed with strength to be able to make the hard decisions because I've had the unique 
experience of watching and working with several presidents. And these are not easy decisions. If they were, they wouldn't get to the president in the first place. And when you're sitting in the Situation Room, as I have on numerous occasions, particularly with respect to determining whether to recommend the raid against bin Laden, what you want in a president, a commander-in-chief, is someone who listens, who evaluates what is being told to him or her, who is able to sort out the very difficult options being presented. You're talking about and then judgment. Makes the decision. Makes the decision. That's right. So judgment is a key. Temperament and judgment, yes. <laughs> the word judgment has been used a lot around you, Secretary mm-hmm. Clinton, over the last year and a half, and in particular concerning your use of your personal email mm-hmm. and, pr- and server to communicate while you were Secretary of State. Nobody you gives a damn about your emails. <laughs> you said you made <laughs> not the damn best email. choice. <laughs> you were communicating on highly sensitive topics. Why wasn't it more than a mistake? Why wasn't it disqualifying if you want to be commander in chief? Well, Matt, first of all, as I have said repeatedly, uh, it was a mistake uh, to have a personal account. I would certainly not do it again. I make no excuses for it. Uh, It was something that should not have been done. But the real question is the handling of classified material, which is, I think, what the implication of your question was. And for all the viewers watching you tonight... I have a lot of experience dealing with. So that's interesting. Rather than try to deflect, she's she's actually addressing the question head on, right? Like she's, she's admitting, yes, she's I expanding did this. the question. Yeah. You know, versus trying to tone it down or slip away from anything or talk like about even, Trump. Yeah, like he yeah. didn't even really ask her this specifically, mm-hmm. but she's going out of her way to expand on his question to make it even more difficult for her. I well, guess. Kind of owning up I, to I, it. I think yeah. she knows the direction that people will take it, though, because they'll take it, well, yeah, but you were emailing top secret classified information all over the country. It's like, well, uh, well yeah, of you getting I, I mean, to say that, I'm going to elaborate on this. Yeah. Yeah. She even said, you know, the implication these, of your yeah. question was was the classified nature and blah, blah, blah. So, But it's interesting that she did that versus trying to slip away from it, I guess. Yeah. Services Committee going into the four years of Secretary of State. Classified material has a header which says top secret, secret, confidential, nothing. And I will, I will repeat this, and this is verified in the report by the Department of Justice. None of the emails sent or received by me had such a header. Were some of the emails sent or received by you referring to our drone program, our covert drone program? Yes, because, of course, there were no discussions of any of the covert actions in process being determined about whether or not to go forward. But Every part of our government had to deal with questions, and the Secretary of State's office was first and foremost. So there are ways of talking about the drone program. And you said you thought your communications on that were fairly routine. Well, let me say, the FBI just released their report about their investigation. They discussed drone matters in the unclassified 
section but of Director their report. Director Comey also said this after reviewing all the information. He said there is evidence to support a conclusion that any reasonable person in Secretary Clinton's position should have known that an unclassified system was no place for that conversation. Well, Matt, I, I just respectfully point to the hundreds of experienced foreign policy experts, diplomats, defense officials who were communicating information on the unclassified system because it was necessary to answer questions and to be able publicly to go as far as we could, which was not acknowledging the program. But I would be in Pakistan, as I was on several occasions. There might very well have been a strike. I would be asked in a public setting, in an interview about it. It was known to have happened. We had to have an answer that did not move into classified area. And I think we handled that appropriately. You mentioned you're in Pakistan. Some of the email. So, so what she's saying is she wasn't always by her government computer to be able to receive and send messages? Yeah. Well, and I could be wrong. Most likely I am because I talk out of my ass a lot. But I know when I have previously done government work and had a clearance that for a lot of classified material, you don't, there's no way to even get to that on your regular computer. No. You have to go to a secure clean room. It goes, yeah, it goes through. You've it. got to take your phone out, take the battery out of your phone, set that aside, go into this little room by yourself with no other electronic devices on you so that you can, you know, you can't. Mm-hmm. sneaker net any information out of this and it's called the zipper net yep you you don't get the high or secret or highly classified information on your regular computer it just doesn't fucking happen yeah i don't know if that's different for the secretary of state and the president i'm sure the president doesn't have to go to a separate room for that information i mean, I mean he, he's, he's in got the different white house. offices in the white house and shit but yeah, I'd hate to see his password recovery um, oh. path. <laughs> I have hard enough time with the 16 unique characters. Please provide a biological What was sample. your mother's maiden name, the name mm. of your first pet, and your favorite color? <laughs> well, uh, where were you born? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? Awkward question. Look away. Hawaii. Damn. It was Hawaii. I'm Damn sure you, it was Hawaii. Gmail. It was Hawaii. <laughs> Definitely not Kenya received happened while you were overseas and director comey also said that while they have no proof we assess that it is possible that hostile actors gained access to secretary clinton's personal email accounts matt there is no evidence of course anything is possible yeah but what is factual is the state department system was hacked most of the government systems are way behind the curve We've had hacking repeatedly, even in the White House. There is no evidence my system was hacked. It's it's a sad state of fact that the security for United States computer systems is woefully inadequate. Yeah. And it's because Congress won't fund or won't provide adequate funding to increase security on it. There's just no there's no money to spend on appliances or people to do the necessary security work. And it's because Congress won't provide funding for it. Where Hillary, if I'm not mistaken, spent her own money and resources to set up a secure network. Uh, to her for her server, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Now, now, just as she said, there there is no evidence of hacking. I mean, it's possible sophisticated hackers access the system, but they didn't leave any trace. Any, any, well, you know, 
you know what no evidence means. Just means we didn't there's catch no, it. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no hacker trail. But they could have. Like, we're, we're not but sure. But they did. They did, but we just don't know. I've seen Mr. Robot. And they, I haven't, know what and they haven't bothered to release any of the information that they've gleaned yeah. that would be damaging to Which whomever. Which would probably be more damaging to other people other than her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she would obviously be included in the, in the, in the group, but, uh, n- I mean, if she was hacked, she's not top tier. You know, we're talking generals, we're talking, uh, other stuff. You know, Secretary of State obviously has her, her privileges, but, uh, I mean, the president, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, the CIA and the FBI, those would probably be much more fun and more yeah. interesting mm-hmm. and more, uh, advantageous to, uh, hack. Well, in, 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 my any, opinion, ha- in you know. any hacker group that would have gotten into there, I can't imagine them sitting on this for a really long time. You know, they would have wanted to let people know, <laughs> look at what hey, the, look at this yeah. cool fucking thing we did. We hacked into a government computer and have all of this information yeah. <laughs> because we can. They wouldn't have just sat on that shit. Hallie Jackson of NBC News has been covering this campaign. She's getting questions from our veterans. Hallie, who are you with? Hi, Matt. I'm with Lieutenant John Lester, who will stand Let with me, stand me here. Up here. He began his military career by enlisting in the Air Force and then switched over to the Navy before he... <laughs> that was kind of funny because Hallie Jackson's with this audience member. And Hallie Jackson says, you know, I'm going to ask this guy a question. And he's going to stand up here. And in the background, you hear yeah. Hillary Clinton, yeah. let me stand, stand up, up here. And it was like in perfect timing <laughs> with this guy standing up. It was kind of funny. Hi, Matt. I'm with Lieutenant John Lester, who will stand, let with me stand me here. up here. He began his <laughs> military like career by enlisting in the Air up. Force and then switched over to the Navy before he retired, where he flew P-3 Orions in Desert Storm and in Desert Shield. He's a Republican, and he has this question for you, Secretary Clinton. Thank you. Why are you a woman? Uh, Secretary Clinton, thank you very much for coming tonight. Um, As a naval flight officer, I held a top-secret, sensitive, compartmentalized information uh, clearance, and that provided me access to materials and information highly sensitive to our warfighting capabilities. Had I communicated this information not following prescribed protocols, I would have been prosecuted and imprisoned. Secretary Clinton, how can you expect those such as myself, who were and are entrusted with America's most sensitive information, to have any confidence in your leadership as president, when you clearly corrupted our national security. Oh, uh, ouch, Mr. Man. That was a tough question. We've already just kind of discussed that, yeah. that you, you as a flight guy, as a, as a fighter pilot or a, a pilot in the, well, in the armed forces, and he you wouldn't said, access that shit on your home computer. No. You had to go to the Cypernet for that shit. Yeah. I feel that's a little false dichotomy there. It's a, it's, I mean, yeah, they've got similar routes and similar places like sending email. Yeah. But the information is a little bit different. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm justifying. Well, maybe that's I'm- like you said, you know, I was allowed to view, you know, secret car- compartmentalized information. Like, so you were given information that was a need to know basis for you for the mission you were doing. Mm-hmm. You could only view that on the computer. You couldn't print it out. You couldn't take it with you. You had to view it there and, you know, figure out your plans. So Committed like- to memory, sir. Pretty well, basically. Yeah. Just get one of them throwaway phones at Walmart and just, it just a burner. Put it, yeah, burner. <laughs> get a burner and then uh, you'll be just fine. Just throw it in the water. It'll matter. be fine. Most sensitive information to have any confidence in your leadership as president when you clearly corrupted our national security. Oh. Well, I appreciate well, that your was concern. Clearly, and that was leading, huh? Oh, yeah, that was a dickish question. Let yeah. me try to make the distinctions that I think are important for me to answer your question. First, as I said to Matt, (laughs) you know and I know, classified material 
is designated, it is marked, there is a header so that there is no dispute at all that what is being communicated to or from someone who has that access is marked classified. And what we have here... And that's that's something that maybe we should point out a little bit more, too, is that it is very fucking clear. They make it mm-hmm. very fucking clear on classified, top-secret, compartmentalized information that this is for your eyes only, for authorized personnel only. It's at the top in big, bold fucking letters yeah. for anybody and everybody so that you don't accidentally read something that then you could get in trouble for. Well, it's like even on my email, when I send an email, I get a little box that pops up says, you are saying this email is this classified or unclassified information. Please mark one. If I accidentally mark classified, I can't even fucking send it. <laughs> Just like you're not supposed to do that, dummy. Go somewhere else. Pretty much. That's 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 a great drunk filter. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning, sending emails that pops up. Are you are sure you, you want to send this? Do a math problem. Yeah. Have you guys seen that add-on for for Gmail? No. Oh, it's like it's for your ex or There's, something, isn't yeah, it? Well, you can just set it. And oh. I think you can adjust the times and maybe to possible senders or whatever. But it's like, before you send this email, you have to answer this math question so that you, <laughs> so that they know you're not totally fucked up and they're just sending, sending email to somebody at a time when it may not be in your best yeah, judgment. To that's do so. amazing. <laughs> the fight system by hundreds of people in our government to send information that was not marked. There were no headers. There was no statement, top secret, secret, or confidential. I communicated about classified material on a wholly separate system. I took it very seriously. When I traveled, I went into one of those little tents that I'm sure you've seen around the world because we didn't want there to be any potential for someone to have embedded a camera to try to see whatever it is that I was seeing that was designated, marked, and headed as classified. Let us so move. I did uh, exactly what I should have done, and I take it very seriously. Always have, always will. Sir, thank you. Let's thank you very forget. much She question. wasn't solely sending Secretary all of her Clinton, email from a personal email account. She still had her government classified secret email account that she was using. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still two separate accounts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So people like, it's... How many how many Gmail accounts do you have? Oh God, so many! I set up a whole bunch back when there was another add-on for for Gmail yeah, so, that I could use that would turn it into like its own little file directory. Yeah. So I had so I had a whole bunch of free storage out on out on <laughs> Google servers for, for a while. But I mean, you might email something to someone you work with with a Gmail account, just talking. Hey, you know, we got this going on next week. But you're not going to send him details or detailed information through that needs to be like work related because that's not what that's for. Yeah, We're- and when I'm when I'm doing stuff for American Atheists, I use my American Atheist yeah. email, and when I'm doing stuff for Atheists of Utah, I use my Atheists of Utah email yeah. address. When I'm communicating with family members or friends or whomever, then I use my personal email address. So we, I mean, for all we know, half of those sixty or thirty thousand emails she sent could have been. Yep, I made it on my flight. I'll be landing in Al Jazeera in fucking two hours or whatever, you know? Or, hey, the plans for Chelsea's birthday are that uh, we're going to yeah. go to Chuck E. Cheese. Or should I Shall I wear the red dress or the blue dress? Oh, no, no I'm not, not the wearing blue, blue dress. Not the blue. <laughs> That's a bad <laughs> Never wear the blue dress. Or just asking Bill about a good dry cleaner in town. <laughs> <laughs> you know, use vinegar. <laughs> 409, it gets rid of protein stains. <laughs> <laughs> Shiny hair. <laughs> 
in favor of the war in Iraq. Mm-hmm. You since said it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was not something you said you would do again. I asked before for people to raise. So it's kind of funny too. She keeps there. There's chairs on the stage. Matt yeah. Lauer is seated. And she initially was seated, but when she went to answer the first question, she got out of her chair and she kind of circled around and was standing and addressing the guy. And now she went to go back to the chair, but almost sat and didn't really and is looking a little uncomfortable. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I think the chair is a little high for her. Well, and it's kind of a weird setting because it's a 360 yeah. stage with her set yeah, in the middle the facing around. Matt Lauer. And, and she's kind of trying to uh, look at the person who was asking the yeah, question. And, and she... to address like the whole crowd, but yeah. they're all around her, yeah. so... I don't know. It's kind of an awkward setup. Served in Iraq. Can you do it again? Mm-hmm. How do you think these people feel when the person running to be their commander in chief says her vote to go to war in Iraq was a mistake? Look, I think that the decision to go. <laughs> it's, well, it's it's awkward because he asks her the question. She says, look, and then she stands up and turns away from him to but, answer the question. But she's addressing the whole crowd instead of just him. I, I think because the question was about them. So she's still trying to address them and their. Yeah. Yeah. They concerns. probably should have. They should. They probably should have choreographed that or mentioned like, hey, if you want to stand, that's fine. Or, yeah. But it just, or they shouldn't have done it in a 360. Yeah. It, it just it seems really awkward. That she keeps getting up and sitting or down, and then he'll ask a question, and she'll turn away from him to answer it. And they could do one of those those Tupac Shakur 3D models, like, <laughs> all over the place. So every time she speaks, she's right in front of somebody. Rock. I think rock. that the rock. decision to, rock. to go yeah. to war in Iraq was a mistake. And I have said that my voting to give... President Bush, that authority was, from my perspective, my mistake. I also believe that it is imperative that we learn from the mistakes, like after action reports are supposed to do. Real quick, I want to cut in here and say, too, that voting to provide the president authorization to go into Iraq, they weren't voting, yes, let's all go to war. It was, okay, we've been dealing with Iraq, we've imposed sanctions, they've cut us off, they're not allowing inspectors in anymore, they're not doing what they need to do, what other options are available? Well, the last option available is the threat of possible military action. Mm -hmm. So... I, as the president, want to put that on the table, but I want to go to Congress first and make sure that you guys are all in this with me. I want your authorization for this. You don't need to do that as president. You should. You, But you don't need to. The president no. can wage war for, what, is it 30 days? At least 30 yeah. days without congressional approval. I mean, he could have just done it. So, I mean, I, I don't agree. I don't agree with her vote to give him the authorization because I think everybody could see that he was going to use it. Yeah. You know, he was he had he had a mission. He had a plan in his mind that he was going to invade that he was going to invade Iraq. He wanted some support for it and so he went to Congress seeking that. But in, but additionally it wasn't just it wasn't just that. It was okay, we're going to authorize our president that it, you Iraq if you don't shape the fuck up, yeah, we're going to put a military option on the table. Mm-hmm. So it was the final threat of you need to 
stop messing with the inspectors. You need to let us back in there. You need to, you need to follow along with sanctions, all that kind of shit, or we may invade your country. And so I can kind of understand the, the Congress members who voted for it as the last option before they actually would yeah. invade. But well, I think it was also emotionally charged at that time too, after, you know, we invaded Iraq. Was it March of 2003? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. Uh, but, uh, it was about a year after we invaded Afghanistan. And there was still, you know, at that time, going to war was still, you know, in the public's mind of being, yeah, let's do this. Let's go kick their fucking ass. Mm. You know, and on top of that, uh, she she already expressed regret of her vote, even when she was running for office last time, or mm-hmm. running for for mm-hmm. uh, the White House last time, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's been a consistent theme with her, and and even in her book, um, hard choices from 2014, she uh, she flat out said that she got it wrong, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, you know, even if you're looking at the political expediency on the surface. Her political expediency has a track record, mm. <laughs> at least in this particular forum, or pardon the the usage, but in this <laughs> in, in, in this forum at the forum at the forum, uh, in this particular subject, uh, she has said from for, for quite a few years, I screwed up. We need to move on. I won't do that again. Yeah, and so far she hasn't. So really, what else do you want? Mm. And I want to bring it up for every time that she's on the stage yeah. and her emails and Benghazi. It is going to be kind of hard to find a politician where it's like, yeah, you know, looking back at that, we made the wrong decision. Or that would never say that. Like, yeah, you know, at the time I thought we were doing the right thing. Now we look back at it. It was wrong. Every politician, I guarantee, has at least one of those. Yeah, any politician who would never, who would, who would never admit to making a mistake is a bad politician. Yeah. Right there, you are going to make mistakes. It just fucking happens. And you own up and you say, yeah, I fucked up. I'll try not to do that mm-hmm. again. I, I learned something. I hope everybody else did too. <laughs> it was, it was a bad decision. I, I'll try not to make any similar decisions yeah. like that in the future. Yeah, but I'm, I'm a father of three boys. I never make mistakes. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, ask my kids. I'm, I'm a perfect father. <laughs> I've done nothing but right. Halo and all. <laughs> What led us down that path so that it never happens again? I think I'm in the best possible position to be able to understand that and prevent it. But I will say this. I'm asking to be judged on the totality of my record. What I've done for our veterans as first lady, as senator, what I've done for Gold Star families, working with them to increase the death benefit from $12,000 to $100,000, working with Republicans like... I can't believe that it was only $10,000. You you send a member of your family off, they join the armed forces, they go, they, they fight, they die while serving, and... It's like a $10,000 life insurance well, policy kind of thing. Wow. There's also a different payment for if you die in combat versus not in combat. Yeah. There's there's different pots or different amounts of money you get depending on where you die. Depending on what you were doing when yeah. you died. Yeah. But I, I still, I can't believe that it was only $10,000. That's yeah. fucking sad. Ma'am, to get TRICARE for our National Guard members who didn't have health care unless they were deployed, working to provide more support for the care of our veterans, those who were wounded, 
working with the Fisher family, now into the third generation of caring for our fallen heroes, working with John McCain to raise money for Brooke Medical Center's intrepid center to take care of those who are coming back with profound injuries, working on TBI and PTSD and so much more, working with groups to end veteran suicide like TAPS. So I'm going to get to that subject. There there was there was a mistake. Now, my opponent was for the war in Iraq. He says he wasn't. You can you can go back and look at the record. He supported. He told Howard Stern he supported it. So he supported it before it happened. He supported it as it was happening. And he is on record as supporting it after it happened. I have taken responsibility for my decision. Let me go to another veteran. He refuses to take responsibility for his support. Let me go to another that, question. That is a judgment issue. Hallie. Mm. So that didn't really follow Matt Lauer's instructions on not not bashing no. your political opponent. You know, it only, it only took four questions. I think it was important that she brought it up. I mean, she wasn't nece- she wasn't necessarily bashing him. She was drawing a contrast, but still, I don't know that that was in line with. But at the same time, she knows Trump ain't gonna follow no rules. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so unpredictable. Uses to take responsibility for his support. Let me go to another that, question. That is a judgment issue. Hallie. Campos, who served in the Air Force for nearly a decade, where she was an intelligence analyst specializing in counterviolent extremism, like you, Secretary Clinton. She's a Democrat, and she has this question for you. Thank you. Secretary Clinton, to your point, you have had an extensive uh, record with military intervention. How do you respond to progressives like myself who worry and have concerns that your hawkish foreign policy will I'm continue? Sorry, what's up with her eyebrows? And what is your plan to end wasteful war campaigns in which our peers, service women and they, men, they, they look continue fake. to be killed and wounded? Those aren't bad. I've seen, dude. I'll have to. I, I'm a, I'm an eyebrow aficionado. <laughs> Like, I really am. Eyebrows are one of the first things that I spot on women who like, I who I find attractive or not because of their fucking eyebrows. Because of the eyebrows those, alone, huh? Totally. But those totally. look so well manicured, they look fake. They it, probably are. At least she has an American flag lapel pin. They're probably drawn on, but I will have to send you some fucking pictures of of really, really terrible like, eyebrows. Like, I've seen Westerns with and cowboys go, that have smaller mustaches. And then, and then you will feel bad that you ever mentioned this woman's <laughs> perfectly manicured eyebrows. It just, it just looks weird. <laughs> we I, all I was learn. looking at him like, what's... That looks... Something looks off. It does not look natural. <laughs> Mr. Ellis, tell me about your mother. <laughs> I, my mom has very skinny eyebrows. I, I was just kidding. Okay. <laughs> But well, no, she asked I, a very serious question, so I shouldn't yeah. be bashing her eyebrows. Talking about Iraq because of my vote, uh, and you probably are talking about Libya because of the uh, the role that I played uh, in the uh, administration's decision about uh, whether to take on Gaddafi. But before I get to that, let me say very clearly. I view force as a last resort, not a first choice. I will do everything in my power to make sure that our men and women in the military are fully prepared for any challenge that they may have to face on our behalf. But I will also be as careful as I can 
in making the most significant decisions any president and commander in chief can make about sending our men and women into harm's way. That makes me feel a little better because I, I too have felt that she's way too hawkish. I agreed. Yeah. You know, I, I, it seems like she does a lot of saber rattling but when she, she talks about a lot of foreign policy issues. She did give the happy answer there, though. What's the happy answer? Like, like not saying yes or no, I'm not going to send people into war. I'm going to say, no, I'm only going to send them in if I feel we desperately need if to. It's, if it's warranted. Yeah, as a last resort. Like, Bush felt Iraq was warranted. <laughs> I don't know that he felt it was warranted so much as he just really, really wanted, wanted to go to. after the guy who tried to kill Puppy. Yep. <laughs> it's my dad. But that, I think that was a good answer. I mean, I mean, that's, I guess the best you can give. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, I'm going to be so unpredictable. You yeah. never know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because like, well, we, we can't... need to show strength. We need to build our military. Yeah. We need to be more aggressive. We need to go in and take people out. It wasn't any of that bullshit. No. Cause no. you can't promise that we're not going to war. Yeah. That's, and no president could make that no. promise, honestly. They have no clue what's going to happen in the coming months that yeah. might cause they us to They could say they won't, they won't escalate. I mean, they'll de-escalate. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah well, uh, and she basically said that, that yeah. she would do whatever, you know, whatever is in her power to, to not use that option. Yeah. But I think it was a viable, honest answer, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Back to Libya, again, there's no difference between my opponent and myself. He's on record extensively. Supporting I don't know that that's anything you want to brag Libya about. When Gaddafi was threatening <laughs> no. to massacre his population, I put together a coalition that included NATO, included the Arab League, and we were able to save lives. We did not lose a single American in that action. And I think taking that action was the right decision. Not taking it and permitting there to be an ongoing civil war in Libya would have been as dangerous and threatening as what we are now seeing in Syria. I'm going to jump in. Thank you very much for your question. Let me ask you about the Iran nuclear deal. It was signed under Secretary Kerry. It was begun under you. You started <laughs> there was the awkward chair. <laughs> like, I'm just going to lean back. What is it? She looked like a little kid trying to sit up there and then just like, no, never mind. I'll just lean and pretend I'm really comfortable. You know, any, anybody watching this uh, on their own, it's about 16 minutes, 15, 16 minutes in. It was the most awkward chair hop in the world. She didn't even, she tried to, she tried to slide. It was, it was like, can I slide? It's not going to happen. I'll just awkwardly lean. <laughs> Hurry and ask the other questions get, so I can stand up. Get your fucking yeah. questions so I can stand up again. <laughs> you have said you expect the Iranians to cheat. You think they'll buy time and perhaps stay along their course to building a nuclear weapon. If they cheat, Secretary Clinton, will you have any course of action other than a military course of action? Would you enter into negotiations with them again? Would you go back to economic sanctions knowing they cheated and are then closer to a nuclear weapon? Matt, look, let me put this in context because this is one of the most important um, strategic questions we face. When I became Secretary of State, the Iranians were on a fast track to acquiring the material necessary to get a nuclear weapon. That had happened the prior eight years. They mastered the nuclear fuel cycle. They During Bush's administration. Yeah. Yes. They stocked them with centrifuges and they were moving forward. What was our decision? Our decision was to try to put together an international coalition that included Russia and China 
to exert the kind of pressure through sanctions that the United States alone could not do. Right. She missed she missed the very first decision that they made, which was to throw out a virus onto yes. Iran's Their <laughs> temperature control yeah. units. Yeah. Totally fucked well, up their shit. I've been thinking about that. Do we know they don't have other things planted in there? We don't. Like they, we, we, they found we one. Yeah. I'm like, when we'd make plans, sometimes we'd be like, well, we, this will work. Now let's find 50 other ways we can do this in case they find this one. Well, and you hear about hackers hacking into oh, yeah. the United States government computers, but don't for a second be fooled into thinking that we don't have our own teams of hackers oh, who yeah. are doing the same doing thing Doing the exact same thing. That's, yeah. that's where I had a conversation with a guy at work with us the other day. I'm like, don't think that we don't have a meltdown button for these Iran nuclear plants. <laughs> that if they start getting too... No, too squirrely and not letting us in there and we think they're developing nukes that we just can't push a fucking button which will cause their fucking place to melt down yeah i imagine that we've infiltrated some sections that are vital to their enterprise of acquiring nuclear yeah. nuclear weapons for sure mm-hmm. now, wait you let me think fit, you're gonna look, cheat look, this is an important issue i know we're in, on tv we don't have a lot of time i want to get to a lot of questions i will talk quickly But I want people to understand this. So, yes, I put together the coalition. We imposed the sanctions. We got them to the negotiating table. And after I left, we got the agreement. That agreement put a lid on their nuclear weapons program and imposed intrusive inspections. I have said we are going to enforce it to the Do you think they're playing us? On the nuclear issue, no. I think we have enough insight into what they're doing to be able to say we have to uh distrust but verify what i am focused oh, on oh she's the playing other- on some reagan-esque things there trust but verify <laughs> instead of but, trust but verify it was distrust and verify but i think she just uh she just alluded to what i was saying we we, we were in there we know what's going on <laughs> <laughs> we have to uh distrust but verify what I am focused on is all the other malicious activities of the Iranians. Ballistic missiles, support for terrorists, being involved in Syria, Yemen, and other places, supporting Hezbollah, Hamas. But here's the difference, Matt. I would rather, as president, be dealing with Iran on all of those issues without having to worry as much about their racing for a nuclear weapon. So we have made the world safer. We just have to make sure it's enforced. Hallie. I'm with Kenneth Anderson. He's one of our undecided voters here. He considers himself an independent. He earned the rank of sergeant in the Marine Corps, where he was an Arabic translator during three tours. He looks like a Marine. Kenneth, you have a question for Secretary Clinton. And that he has not worn that suit in a very long time. No, he hasn't. The surveys of veterans showed that they're overall satisfied with their treatment and that the problems with the VA aren't as widespread as they're made out to be. So do you think the problems with the VA have been made to seem worse than they really are? Look, I was outraged by the stories that came out about the VA, and I have been very clear about the necessity for doing whatever is required to move the VA into the 21st century to provide the kind of treatment options that our veterans today desperately need and deserve. And that's what I will do as president. But I will not let the VA be privatized. And I do think there is an agenda out there supported by my opponent to do just that. Mm -hmm. I think that would be very disastrous for our 
military veterans. So I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to have a meeting every week in the Oval Office. We're going to bring the VA people. We're going to bring the DOD people because we've got to have a better fit between getting mustered out and getting into the VA system. Sometimes, and you probably know this, Sergeant, I've met There's your so gas, many um, <laughs> vets who get mustered Yeah, when we, when we watched this earlier, we're sitting around in the kitchen eating pizza and drinking beers and chit-chatting and kind of watching it in the background. And, you know, just a moment ago, they were talking about weapons. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I hear you get mustered out. And I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? Like mustard gas? What's going on oh, yeah. here? They're getting it out of them? Yeah. I you know how I when, you, know when you join a gang, you get jumped in? In the military, you get mustard gassed out. <laughs> <laughs> mustard out. Well, and I was just thinking as she's talking about the VA, we should have had the Purple Dragon on the show with us this evening as well because he does ah, contract work yeah. for, the, for the VA. And I, I should have thought to have Mr. Grant Larimer on the show with us tonight as well. But I do uh, agree. Because I know he really digs the politics stuff. Yeah. Too. <laughs> but like when she was talking about like not privatizing it, that's correct because we've learned privatizing insurance in hospitals doesn't go so well. Yeah. Yeah. How's that work out for everybody else? Yep. It doesn't. Uh, leading up to this uh, forum, they were doing a little a little thing on Hardball with Chris Matthews where they had a panel and they're talking about the upcoming forum and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. They had a guy on there who uh, basically said that we should do away with the VA, but rather than privatize it, we just give all of those military veterans Medicare. Yeah. And I don't know that I disagree with that. I, 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 I can't think of a valid reason, and, and I'm sure it's born of ignorance, as to why we have a completely separate healthcare system just for our veterans. And it's, it's, it would basically be the same thing, but now instead of having to get approval to go to your private healthcare provider and still have your VA benefits pay for it, you just have your Medicare pay for it and then you're, yeah. Well, and whatever it's accepted. And it's also, uh, I, I mean, Congress has a different medical plan. Mm-hmm. Um, we through, you know, the Affordable Care Act, Care Act have a different medical plan. Or ways yeah. to get them, and I have a different through, plan from all those. Yeah, and it's all of a way. It's all a way to control certain groups of people in 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 a macro or micro level. And if everybody were on the same page, the whole system would work a lot better yeah. for everyone. Yeah, I imagine. So when he when he said that, I thought, well, that'd be a good gateway to get the rest of the population to have. Socialized healthcare yeah. and Medicare, just Medicare for all. Well, I don't understand why there is a division there, and I don't. And like I said, I don't. I don't understand why the VA is currently a separate thing. I'm sure it was initially created. Well, well I say I'm sure, but I'm guessing and being being but, charitable in this guess to say that I'm I'm guessing and hoping that it was set up knowing that our veterans have special needs and would require different levels of care and would want specialized care and and care that goes above and beyond what some other people may necessarily be getting. And that's why the VA was initially created, but through funding cuts and budget cuts and reductions in staff and well, and if, all of this other bullshit that they haven't been able to accomplish that mission for. If for I some think time. I remember correctly in the time frame of things, the VA started after World War One, where troops were saying, hey, we're all injured. We can't you know afford to pay for this stuff. We need help. Mm. But our privatized healthcare system wasn't started until after World War II. Ah, 
So the VA was set up to help had our a, military had to help people. military before we had a privatized healthcare system established in the U.S. Uh-huh. There you go. We'll have to. We'll have to. I'll have to double check that. But that, yeah. So I can remember looking up a history on like privatized healthcare and when it started, and uh-huh. I remember it starting after World War II when a lot of soldiers returned back home from combat and. People were you know, offering healthcare packages, and all the healthcare industry got their big kick then. While other countries were going to a socialized healthcare, we went to a privatized system. But it was World War One when the soldiers came home, missing legs, you know, suffering from from chemical gas attacks and stuff, saying, "I can't work. I can't afford to pay a doctor to come, you know, my house and help me out. Why don't you help us out?" So mm-hmm. a lot of soldiers lobbied and got the VA started. I like learning shit, man. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Feels good in my brain. <laughs> Times, and you probably know this, Sergeant. I've met so many uh, vets who get mustered out, who leave the service. They can't find their records from DOD. And those records never make it to the VA. They feel like they're living in a fun house. They have to go over the same things over and over. We're living in a technological world. You cannot tell me we can't do a better job getting that information. And so I'm going to focus they on could have this. Had the funding. I'm going to work yeah. with everybody. I'm going to make them work together. And, I'm going to and we're going to in. fix uh, the problems in the VA. Sergeant, thank you very much for your question. Let's talk about veterans and suicide. Yes, it's let's, It's an alarming, please. alarming story. The right. population of veterans has a rate of suicide far above the general 20, population. 20 suicides a day. What are you going to do to stop it? Well, this month is uh, Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And I've spent... A lot of time with family members, survivors who've lost a loved one after he or she came home, sometimes suffering from PTSD or TBI or sexual assault, being handed bags of opioids, not being given an appropriate treatment to help that particular person, which is something to go back to the sergeant's question, we have to change. So I rolled out by my mental health. She seemed a little pissed off there. Yeah, a little bit, didn't she? And she seemed a little fiery, like, this shit happens all the fucking time. Well, it's true because, you know, the doctors have, they have their cure-all drugs. Like, oh, you're suffering from this. Let's just give you these narcotics and you'll be better. Let's we'll medicate fucking, it away. We'll just make you numb to everything around you. Mm. And that makes it worse for some people because then, you know, they go to other drugs that make them numb as well. and. Mm-hmm. Then they're drinking and mixing it with that, and they go down a big, bad spiral hole. Yeah. Thing to go back to the sergeant's question, we have to change. So I rolled out by my mental health uh, agenda last week, and I have a whole section devoted to veterans' mental health. And we've got to remove the stigma. We've got to help people currently serving not to feel that if they report their sense of unease, their depression that somehow it's going to be a mark against them. We have to do more about addiction, not only drugs, but also alcohol. So I have put forth a really robust agenda, working with a lot of the VSOs and other groups like TAPS who have been thinking about this and trying to figure out what we're going to do to help our veterans re-enter civilian life and live full productive lives. Hallie? I'm with Ernie Young. Come on up here with me, a former army captain who led troops during tours in both Iraq and Afghanistan. He's an independent voter, and you have a question for the secretary. Secretary Clinton, as an army veteran, the commander in chief's ability to empathize with service members and their families is important to me. 
the ability to truly understand implications and consequences of your decisions, actions, or inactions. How will you determine when and where to deploy troops directly into harm's way, especially to combat ISIS? As briefly as you can. <laughs> we have to defeat ISIS. That is my highest counterterrorism goal. And we've got to do it with air power. We've got to do it with much more support for the Arabs and the Kurds who will fight on the ground against ISIS. We have to squeeze them by continuing to support uh, the Iraqi military. They've taken back Ramadi, Fallujah. They've got to hold them. They've got to now get into Mosul. We're going to work to make sure that they have the support. They have special forces, as you know. They have enablers. They have surveillance, intelligence, reconnaissance help. They are not going to get ground troops. We are not putting ground troops into Iraq ever again, and we're not putting ground troops into Syria. We're going to defeat ISIS without committing American ground troops. So those are the kinds of decisions we have to make on a case-by-case basis. And remember, when I became Secretary of State, we had 200,000 troops deployed in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I'm very grateful that we have brought home the vast majority of those. We have a residual force, as you know, in Afghanistan. We have built up several thousands of uh, the folks that I've talked about who are assisting in the fight against ISIS. Uh, But it is in our national security interest to defeat ISIS, and I intend to make that happen. As part of it, we're going after Baghdadi, the leader, because it will help us focus our attention, just like going after bin Laden helped us focus our attention in the fight against al-Qaeda in the Afghanistan-Pakistan theater. I am fast running out. When we recently killed ISIS's number two guy. But the the thing with al-Baghdadi is we don't know much about him. There's only one video out there of him mm-hmm. ever in public. Yeah. He he's not super secretive. Not not that he's super <laughs> secret, but he seems like, you know, even uh Bin Laden would send videos. He's a snakey snake. He would send videos and stuff and we would yeah. see him and he would be very propagandist. Al Baghdadi is not that same person. Probably no, he's fucking dead already. Could be. Just we don't everybody's fighting for him, but he's I mean, he's probably not even in the region. Well, and the number two guy that we took out was the guy who was doing all of those things. Doing all the yeah, videos, doing all yeah. the propaganda. So. so having a guy, I mean, it's like try to find someone that doesn't have social media or keeps very secret, very low key. Hmm. He's he the guy made himself extremely hard to find. Oh, hmm. he's that he's that he's that neighbor of yours. that's like I'm not on Facebook, so I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Congratulations. Bin Laden had ice, had a had a Twitter. I'm making that See? up, but <laughs> he was doing the twats and all yeah. the things on he, the he on the, on the series twatter. of tubes. Yeah. He was a twitting and a twatting in Pakistan. Now back back to her actual answer. I think um, she was she was. Oh yeah, I think it was. In, I think it was important to to denote, especially that she said that she will not commit ground troops to the to the mm-hmm. um, defeat yeah, of that ISIS. Might, that's a tough one, man. That yeah, may that come was back a, on her. Well, that, I think like when she, but she also said no. We'll keep the thousand, the couple uh, thousand we have there that are supporting them. It's kind yeah. of okay. That's that's what I I was I didn't hear so, her say we'll commit more. She just say we won't commit, which can yeah. be taken. So it's it's kind of like when we were in Iraq and we ended our 
our uh, our our ground troops doing missions. Well, and she they said she said we wouldn't do that ever again. Yeah, ever ever again. Yeah, that's where I think she slipped. I don't think you can make that promise. Yeah, that's that's a re- like how you she'd have to have some kind of fucking crystal ball to figure that shit out. No, sure. I don't. I don't. I mean, think... you can say that you don't want to. That you would hope that that never yeah. happens. But no, I don't think we'll be deploying another hundred thousand troops at a time there. But. No. I fully suspect that we'll be deploying. I mean, unless shit goes sideways real bad, real fast. Yeah, but I, I kind of suspect that we'll be deploying, you know, a few hundred, you know, special forces guys here, a few hundred there, a few hundred there. They're there in, in working with the Kurds and the forces there. To we help know, train the locals. To train mm-hmm. them, to get them, to help them gather intelligence, to help them carry out missions, to help them have a a positive strategy going forward that will be effective against ISIS. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you said Clinton's crystal ball. Uh, I think that's actually a phallic reference to her husband and much less what her foreign policy <laughs> wants to be. <laughs> I think crystal balls. I think that's a plaque. It might be a belt buckle he's Diamond earned. balls. <laughs> Clinton's crystal balls. This our attention in the fight against al-Qaeda in the Afghanistan-Pakistan theater. I am fast running out of time. I want to get to one that concerns just about everybody in this country, and that is terror attacks on our soil. Right. Either directed by ISIS or inspired by ISIS. Would your message as the next president of the United States or potential next president be to Americans that we simply are living in the reality that those attacks will happen? And can you guarantee people that after four years of a Clinton presidency, they'll be safer on the streets of San Bernardino or Boston than they are today? That's oh, a man, crazy I'm question. I'm going to do everything in my power yeah. to make sure that that's the result. I'm not going to, uh, you know, promise uh, something that I think most uh, thinking Americans know is going to be a huge challenge. And here's why. We've got to have an intelligence surge, and we've got to get a lot more cooperation out of Europe, out of the Middle East. We have to do a better job of not only co- collecting and... You know, she's sitting there, and she's kind of bouncing as she's as she's speaking, and I'm like, she's fucking... Ser- like, she's taking this shit seriously. She has thought about it. She mm-hmm. knows the answers for all of these things, and it's because she's had a lot of experience with this, but... yeah. In contrast, because we watched this earlier, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get the sense during Donald Trump's question and answer period that he was really taking this all that seriously. But she's, she's like super fucking focused and really wants to answer the questions that are asked. I think that's where it goes when people say, "Oh, I like Donald Trump because he's not a politician." I'm like, well. You should want a politician. You should to want a politician the, to be yeah, in a, a politician's politician. position. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, he's not very politician. So that's why I like. Well, that's that's not right. It's like it's that's, like that's the people wrong. who would say, well, I don't really want a intellectual elite as the president. Yeah. Why the fuck not? Why would you not want yeah. somebody so much smarter than you sitting in yeah. the world's most powerful position? Who knows how to deal with it? It's kind of like I don't want to have. I mean, that my new doctor, he don't seem like a real doctor. That's why I like him. I like George Bush because it seems like a regular guy and he's kind of stupid and I can have a bear with him. Yeah. Jeez. My proctologist goes out of a van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. Really, do you want do you want to go to a stupid doctor who you could have a beer with? You that's not that's no, not, not really. how this fucking works, man. That's Ben Carson. <laughs> no. Where's his I, luggage? Where oh <laughs> oh my luggage. Oh my luggage. <laughs> have 
but distributing it much more quickly down the ladder to state and local law enforcement. We also have to do a better job combating ISIS online, where they recruit, where they radicalize. And I don't think we're doing as much as we can. We need to work with Silicon Valley. We need to work with our experts in our government. We have got to disrupt. We have got to take them on in the arena of ideas that unfortunately pollute and capture the minds of vulnerable people. So we need to wage this war against ISIS from the air, on the ground, and online in cyberspace. And here at home, for goodness sakes, we have to finally pass a law prohibiting people on the terrorist watch list from being able to buy a gun in the United States of America. Agreed. And much, many other people. Why is that such a difficult decision to make? Yeah. Well, the thing I hate when people start saying, well, it's their right. No, they can't infringe upon your right to own a gun. It's like, we already do. If you beat your wife, you cannot own a gun. If you've been charged with a federal crime, you cannot own a gun. I mean, we. If you have a southern drawl, you can't own a gun. Well, and I kind of, I kind of get that argument, right? Because you can just be put on the watch list for some nebulous reason and it's hard to get off of there and whatever. And it's like, okay, but. I would like to get myself off of that list. Well, yeah. And at what point is it so vitally important that you own a fucking gun that you have to be taken off of that right now. I need to be taken off that watch list right now so that I can go and buy a gun. It is the middle of the hunt right now. (laughs) There was that time when my ghost detector was going off crazy in my house and I really needed a gun. Like if there's nobody that you like, let's pretend you're a hunter, right? And you want to go get a new gun. Yeah. Either you already have guns or you probably go hunting with other people who own multiple guns who would if you're a decent fellow or shallow shallow <laughs> lend you a gun of their own but but if right you're... like at what point is it like i'm on this watch list and god damn it i have to have a gun tomorrow if, 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 if that's for, the reason you're on what? the watch list <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like why do you need a gun tomorrow but if, if your hunt's like two days from now and you need a gun tomorrow for your hunt, you ain't going to get hit much with it because you do not have time to go out and sight the gun in and get used to it. And yeah, like, I, like that I said, is I... far too much thinking for some of these people. <laughs> but I mean, practically, a, someone who wants a rifle for hunting is going to take the gun out and Correct. do some target shooting with it and make yeah. sure they know that, hey, sight it in. Sight it in, make sure they know, hey, if the animal's at 200 yards, 300, 400, I know where to aim so I can. I know what the drop is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I you, know this gun now. You know, to to to, to go off the, uh, on a tangent, just teeny tiny bit. Um, just this last weekend, I believe, or or just recently, was the gun show at Thanksgiving Point. Ooh! And there, they there was a big billboard by our house because we live by Thanksgiving Point. That was the like the survivalist show or expo, the survivalist. Uh-huh. And they were touting like like apocalyptic <laughs> tendencies in these people. And were they selling food slop buckets? Yeah. I, like literally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you, yes. You'd get those, uh, composting toilets that turn it into Mac and cheese that last oh, 20 yes. years or something. But, uh, no, my wife was telling me, I, I can't remember the exact context, but anyone can look it up. Uh, but they were giving away ammo and, now, I may have gotten this wrong, obviously, giving away ammo and um, uh, even maybe bulletproof vests in, in, in like these raffles. Those aren't cheap. Well, I can't say it's not a raffle because you can't do a raffle in Utah, but yeah. a prize drawing. A prize yeah. drawing. Um, so it, it was 
something along the lines, whether or not they actually did give out boxes of ammo and, and bulletproof vests, the fact of the matter is someone listening to it thought that's what it was. Uh. <laughs> and they were giving away. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were giving away ammo. That happens. Yeah. yeah. Boxes of ammo. Like the first 200 yeah. people that showed up, they get like a you get box 122 of, rounds. Yeah, yeah. 122 short, shorts and longs. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, and then recently there with the, with the holy war coming up this week <laughs> with oh. the youths and BYU. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I am too. It's Don't now get, been what? 2,476 oh, days. Oh, you got that since... website too, huh? <laughs> Since it's BYU Rising, beat U- uh, University of yeah, Utah, yeah, it's awesome. But uh, anyhow, th- there's a there's a gun shop or something giving yeah. away either uh, it's an AR. Yeah, it's an AR. That's one blue, either one one's red. red, one's blue. <laughs> Good grief! I like the the Vespas they were giving away not too long ago, but giving away yeah. colored guns, colored guns. Mm. Make one pink for my little girl. <laughs> and they had like like door breachers on them too. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. So I don't know if people like when you look at like uh someone like the bill like AR like shotguns will have like a really gnarly looking like hooks in the front of it that are made to wedge into a door and fire the gun to blow the locks out. I'm like these things look like they had like the fake door breachers in the front of a AR-15. Oh, awesome. My. This is even deeper than I thought. It's oh. it's the holy war, Ryan. It's the well, holy war. <laughs> I think sometimes people just build a gun so it looks really badass. Even it's not put the a holy slap of... fight. It's the True. holy war. And all I can say, everyone bleeds red. <laughs> uh-huh. Got work to do. I know we can do that work. I'm meeting with a group of uh, terror, terror experts, counterterrorism experts. But I want to just say one additional thing. I've got 30 seconds left. Matt Olson, the former director of the National uh, Center on Counterterrorism has a great article out today saying the last thing we need to do is to play into the hands of ISIS, going after American Muslims, defaming a gold star family, the family of Captain Khan, making it more difficult for us to have a coalition with Muslim majority nations. And we try that to have an is agreement. not going to help us succeed in defeating ISIS and protecting our American homeland. Secretary Hillary Clinton, thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you all. That was pretty good. Yeah. I know. We're going to take a break. We're going to have much more with her competitor, Donald. But I mean, she's got a she's got a point there because the more we disparage their people, the more ammo it gives them. Yeah. The more reason they got to be like, well, I don't like America because look at look at the way they fucking treat us. Yeah. Look at all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now before we before we get into Trump, we're going to play Yakety Sax. <laughs> the what is it the the theme from the Benny, Benny Hill, Hill? yeah <laughs> it makes me happy just thinking about it oh I thought Yakety Sax is where we put a whole bunch of money into a, a bindle and wave it in front of homeless people was, no. I thought that was Trump's favorite game as a child <laughs> yeah no kidding uh, uh, the sack does have his name on it too huh yeah I like that you know the word bindle <laughs> I would not have guessed this about you, Ryan. Yeah. I've, I've thought about I've thought about riding the rails. Yeah, get me a bindle. He, I, I, is, does everybody do that? What have a like, bindle? Like just as you're driving down the road or laying in bed at night, you just think, you know, I could hop on a train and just oh, leave yeah. it all behind. I know. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. Every I don't day. Have a, I don't. I don't have a, a bindle with uh, <laughs> red and white checkered pads on so, it. So, so funny story from my past. Me and a friend, when we would be drinking and quite intoxicated all the time. We're walking down the road and I found a dead body. 
No, not, not that was that was a different day. <laughs> that's the that's the storyline behind Stand by Me, isn't it? No, no, no. True. I me, no, we had true friends. Life. This is Ryan's real life. We, we told Wisconsin. stories, and we my my evil friend's brother, who's a fucking dick to us, and is convertible. My evil friend's friend. brother, who is a dick. Yeah. Like your evil friend wasn't a dick, or no? He was kind of a di- he kind of had a li- evil brother, or your evil brother's friend. Wait, he, what? He, he kind of had a mouth on him, <laughs> but. I don't. Whoa! I don't. This went down a wrong path. <laughs> well, I was I was thinking of characters from the Purdy Mouth. Stand mouth. By me. <laughs> well, I was I was going Goonies with it. Uh, we both went in the same direction. Squeal like a pig. <laughs> and I was thinking Goonies because isn't the one dude's name was Mouth in the Goonies, and he was also in Stand oh, By right. Me. I, so I, 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 so we had this idea where we're like, let's get out of the military. Go contract in Afghanistan. <laughs> Bring home like two, three hundred G's each and go fucking ride trains the rest of our life. We'll be the richest hobos out there. Like if it's things are getting shitty, we can go stay in a nice hotel. <laughs> we got money for food and just ride the rails. I would, if that were the case, I would repeat that scene from Pretty Woman where she goes in looking like a whore into the expensive shop and then come back later and say, you could have had this. Yeah. Yeah, look at what look at all this shit I just bought. <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> no, every now and then just I have this thought of I could just go pull out all the cash that I have, grab like a backpack full of stuff and just get on a train and go. See, I, my 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 plan has evolved into getting a RV and just going. Yeah. Oh, I'm in. You just live in the RV and travel wherever and find ways to make money. Yeah. But but unlike your friend, I, I don't have a good mouth. Oh. So. <laughs> I just have a good head of hair. How will you pay for oh. gas? Yeah. <laughs> you know the rule of the road. <laughs> Everyone knows the rules of the road. At, what is it? At grass, ass, and wait, what? Grass, ass, or cash. Nobody rides for free. That's oh, it. Oh, no. Yeah. I, was, I was going with the, uh, the, the movie where... Uh, Fucking Jane Silent Bob. Uh, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Strike Back. Remember where they're hitchhiking yes. and George Carlin's on the road and he's like, you know the rule of the road. And he goes down and starts sucking the guy's dick in the, <laughs> in the semi. Then they end up getting in the car with uh, Princess Leia as a nun. And she's like, you know the good book. You know the rules Carrie of the good Fisher. book. Yeah. And he's like, all right, if I have to. And he tries to go down on her. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll take a quick break while we get set up for Mr. Donald J. Trump. The point is that our current understanding of nature has changed. We've learned things. It's changed and developed since the claims were made by Iron Age peasants who didn't even know the Earth orbited the sun. And therefore, it's natural that science is inconsistent with those claims based on ignorance. And we shouldn't revere those ancient claims as sacred. They're ignorant. Um, indeed, I believe people when they say that they have experienced miracles. I, bl- I believe that they think that they have. I, I think I'm obliged to credit them if uh, it comes to that. Um, as long as they keep it to, if you like, uh, if I can put it like this, modestly as I dare, to themselves. Um... Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. And we're back. We're about to watch Donald Trump take the stage. We uh, we are we are restroomed and refreshed again, liquid leak with our beerses. Yes, I yes, do. <laughs> we might need a sledgehammer for Donald Trump though. For it's gonna us. be good. This is 
I'm so looking forward to this and the debates. I will be gone for the very first debate. Yeah. I will put it on the DVR, but I will be on my cruise during that week. So we'll have to cover it when I come back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so excited. I'll, I'll be in Wisconsin. I should see if my very Republican cousin wants to watch it with me. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> That's what we should do. We Bring should record have a Republican watch of, it with us. Of, of, of our opposition sitting in front of us. Or not oh. even Oh, you should take some audio recording equipment. No, I'm, I'm nice to him. Yeah. Well, that I'm doesn't nice matter. To him. <laughs> being mean and being right are two different things. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Yeah. I was specifically told I can't talk politics while home. <laughs> That's bullshit. I know. It's my sister's wedding, though. Oh, uh, well, all right. We welcome you back now to this NBC News special. The commander in You don't want to be the you don't want to be the brother that ruined the wedding. No. You want to be the uncle that ruined the wedding. Well, the kids are too young. The Republican nominee for president, Donald Trump. Boo. He mouths thank you. That is my favorite thing about him. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, he's just trying to get air into his mouth. His lizard gills are broken. Let me say to Mrs. Clinton, Secretary Clinton, and it didn't completely work out toward the end there. As much as possible, I'd like you to tell our veterans and our people at home why you are prepared for the role of commander-in-chief and try to keep the attacks to a minimum. We've had a year of that and maybe 60 He didn't even say... To a minimum, mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> to a minimum. So, so with, with Hillary Clinton, didn't he say, like, please don't... Please try not to attack at all. Yeah. With Donald Trump, it's please try to keep it to a minimum. <laughs> the next thing I was waiting like, for... Like, I know it's going to fucking happen. Donald Trump to go, what is a minimum? <laughs> yeah. You know, I... And, and, is that something I wrap my food in when I leave the <laughs> restaurant? <laughs> Looking... Some minimum foil. I, I'm not the type of person that really likes to have um, unfair commentary of people's looks, <laughs> but he is looking much less... Orange? Orange. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's looking more golf ballish. I'm I'm thinking his uh, <laughs> fake tan booth in his 747 broke, or he ran out of liquid for it. The spray tan. Yeah, or or he finally ran had out. he finally had his uh, van doctor. We were talking about my proctologist oh, yeah, yeah. a van. Uh-huh. His van doctor told him, you know what, dude, you gotta cut that. I mean, sorry, dude, you gotta like totally cut that down. It's horrible well, for your skin. You after, look like Cheetos. After the medical report his van doctor gave him, his van doctor is now a Corvette doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, keep it to a minimum. Yeah, minimum. Okay, I can do that. I'll just tweet the rest. <laughs> Commander-in-chief and try to keep the attacks to a minimum. We've had a year of that and maybe 60 more days of it. To a minimum, absolutely. To okay. a minimum. <laughs> to a minimum. What a that's dick. a question of definition. I guess. Anytime the interview occurs, <laughs> president, they will tell you that the most daunting part... Was I part... supposed to answer this question? No, no, no. I mean, just keep the attacks to a minimum. Anytime you, okay, you talk okay. to a president, they'll tell you the most daunting part of the job is the role of commander-in-chief. Right. What have you experienced in your personal life or your professional life that you believe prepares you to make the decisions that a commander-in-chief has to make. Well, I'm a great businessman. I know a lot of people. People love me. And I pulled a cat out of a pool. <laughs> I, and I have a checkbook. <laughs> I'm not sure how much is in it. Well, my assistant has my checkbook. I'm in a great company. 
And I and I have this like I make the best decision and have the best words. And I have this da- can, this daughter thing going for it's me. So unpredictable. Yeah. And I can make a good poop face. And have you seen my hair? Oh my god, my hair. I buy the best hairs. <laughs> I've been all over the world. I've dealt with foreign countries. I've done very well as an example. Uh, tremendously well dealing with China and dealing with It was a bad China. example, uh, but it was an example. This country. <laughs> they are just taking advantage of us like nobody's ever seen before. And I've had great experience dealing on an international basis. Uh, I look today and I see a Russian plane circling our planes. They're taunting us. I see in uh, Iran, I see the boats taunting our ships, our destroyers. But what have you done in your life that prepares bad. you to yeah. send... You're not answering the fucking the question, States Donald. You're proved well, you can watch the, the news and fly a plane. Judgment. I have good judgment. I know what's going on. I, I've called so many of the shots. And I <laughs> I've called Clinton. so many of the shots. I have good judgment. I played horse today. I called all the shots. <laughs> you know, on, on a serious note, he just barely said that China's taking advantage of us. I, uh, how can China take advantage of us when we're the ones making policies to take jobs over there. Yeah. Yeah. How are they and taking it? They're not. They're taking advantage of us. They're taking just advantage like of the you, laws we've created. Mr. Trump are taking advantage of your financial status mm-hmm. with the IRS. Mm-hmm. That same take advantage mentality that you are touting that the, the, the Chinese are terrible for, you are doing on a yearly basis through your tax. Yeah. Um, Hashtag well, let's see your taxes. Yep. And I also was hearing an analyst talk about it, and they said there's big, big troubles ahead for us if we don't fucking watch out because China is moving more towards a uh, service, not not as like a service-based type place instead of a production. So they're moving away from being producing and making a bunch of factories and more service-based. When if that happens, people are making more money. It's going to cost us even more fucking money to have stuff made over there, and they're going to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. 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 Then where are we going to build our ship? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We got to find another country. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Iraq. That's where we're going. He's going to build a boat all the time. Oh, we're going to we're going to take all the oil. Yeah. Oh, I'm, gonna, all the oil. I'm jumping ahead <laughs> and build factories. He said it before. I know. <laughs> we're going to take all the oil and make build. them build our sneakers. Yes, <laughs> with the oil. Well, I think the main thing is I have great judgment. I have good judgment. I know what's going on. I, I've called so many of the shots. Jesus. And I happened to hear Hillary Clinton say that I was not against the war in Iraq. I was totally against the war in Iraq. No, you, you fucking weren't. Liar. No, no you weren't. Magazine well from, documented. That's a fucking lie. I mean, well we could, we could probably pull the video up right fucking now where you're on Howard Stern <laughs> saying, yeah, I'm for the war in Iraq. That is a total fucking lie. In fact, I I should make a little note here that I will play that sound clip. Yeah, because he was for it. He said he was for it several times. Just like Hillary said she was for it, now she's against it. He can do the same thing. Go, yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm making a note. Donald Trump for Iraq War, and here it is. Play. Really don't know the enemy. I know. They're skulking around somewhere, and you just feel like you're sitting duck. But we have an idea who the enemy is, and a lot of times the politicians don't want to tell you that. Are you for invading Iraq? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, you know, I wish it was. I, I wish the first time it was done correctly. You're welcome. Donald <laughs> Trump is a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> now watch me totally miss that in editing. <laughs> that. 
And I was against the war in Iraq because I said it's going to totally destabilize the Middle East, which it has. It has absolutely been a disastrous war. And by the way, perhaps almost as bad was the way Barack Obama got out. That was a disaster. Uh, people talk about you and commander in chief and not just Secretary Clinton, but some of your Republican opponents in the primary season. And they wonder about your temperament. They say, does Donald Trump have the temperament to be of a two year old? If you said something yeah. recently that I found interesting, you admitted that sometimes in the heat of a debate or when you're talking about a lot of issues, you say things that you later regret. So can we afford that? With <laughs> That's a not what his look said. To no. have a commander in chief. No, he's sitting there thinking, I regret that I said that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he's like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> I've got so you all the say things best regrets. that you later regret. So can we afford that with a commander in chief to have a commander in chief who says things that he later regrets? Well, when you say regret, uh, yeah, sure, I regret. But in the meantime, I beat 16 people and here I am. So oh, you know, Jesus to a certain Christ. extent, uh, there is a regret. I would have liked to have done it in a nicer manner. But I had 16 very talented people that I had to go through. No, I would have liked to do it in a, in a nicer manner, but I did it 16 fucking times. Yeah. <laughs> was a record, Matt. That was a record in the history of Republican politics. <laughs> I was able to get more votes than anybody ever Just has because you beat a record doesn't mean it's a good thing. No. Inflammatory <laughs> things in a presidential campaign, it's different than saying them when you're commander-in-chief. If you say things you regret when you're commander-in-chief, sure. you can spark a conflict, you can destabilize a region, you can put American lives at risk. Can we afford to take that risk with you? Well, I think absolutely. I think if you saw what happened in Mexico the other day where I went there, I had great relationships, nah. everything else, I let them know where the United States stands. I mean, uh, we've been badly hurt by Mexico, really. both on the border and with taking all of our jobs or a big percentage of, of our jobs. And if you look at what happened, look at the aftermath today where the people that arranged the trip in Mexico have been forced out of government. No, they were. They, they, how, well, they were fired. They were fired because they, they brought your stupid yeah, ass there. Yeah, where where Mexico's president is already very unpopular, and then they invite you to go and meet with him as somehow being a good thing. Yeah. No, that's why they were forced out of government because you're a fucking asshole, Donald Trump, and everybody in Mexico knows that. Yeah, you they, know that you're an asshole. You know, and on on top of that, no, go ahead, Ryan. I was just saying, Mexico just didn't really like having a bigot show up in their country. Yeah, um, I I work with a with a gentleman that uh, uh, is from Mexico, and his family still lives in Mexico. And uh, you know, whether or not what he says is is true throughout, because we we always talk politics and and back and forth. Yeah. He, hates Trump. <laughs> but um, <laughs> shout out to you, Hernan. But he. Uh, um, he just says that everyone in Mexico just can't stand yeah. that, that he even showed up in Mexico and, and that yeah. the Mexican government would even let him come anywhere near And we're even more Mexico. pissed off at the president. Yes. Yeah. Saying he's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Why is he here? Why is he doing this to us? Why is he any part of our country? And that he has no business being in Mexico. So with Trump having the, the, you know, the narrative of, oh, it was a, some sort of, um, you know, diplomatic mission <laughs> to Alderaan, oh, but uh, a diplomatic mission. I'm going to no. go there and tell them that they're paying for the wall. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't anything like that. And uh, and, and that's just, that, that's, what, that's what I get from him. So, 
Yeah. It was, it was, it was a. Well, and, and uh, he totally did not have the courage to say anything about Mexico paying for the wall while he's in Mexico no. to the Mexican president. No, well. No. Shocker. They, they said, oh, we talked about it, but, but they didn't talk about it. I mean, yeah. it, it was more along the lines of, uh, I think it, it was mentioned. Well, it wasn't yeah. a point of discussion. It was a, Hey, there's a wall. Oh yeah, I see a wall over there that you know blocking the Mexican president. Oh yes, and we're going to pay for that. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's when the Mexico president came out and said, "Bullshit! I told him we weren't paying for that." (laughs) Donald Trump says he talked to me. No, that's bullshit. Yeah, Yeah, that was Vicente Fox. That was the former president, and he said, "We're not paying for that." Oh yeah, that was a while ago. Well, yeah, well that was a while ago. But this (laughs) one after after he got back and Trump said, "Oh, we discussed the wall, but we didn't discuss who was going to pay for it." Yeah. Then the Mexican president comes out and tweets, "Oh no." I fucking told them we weren't paying for it. Yeah, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> we, I'm not paying for that. You and he's like, and 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 I have witnesses in my office that can prove that I said we're not paying for that. So he fucking lied in front of the whole cabinet of people in my office, or you lied Cheeto afterwards. Cheeto faced, ferret wearing shit gibbon. Oh, he's not Cheeto faced anymore. <laughs> no, uh, not. Oh, he, it's, he just looking looks a like little craggy, a little rosacea going on there or something. Yeah. I don't know, and alopecia on the top. Yeah. Well, just like he <laughs> fires all of his uh, uh, aides, his makeup guy probably got fired too, and he's got a new makeup person. Well, he makes all the best decisions. He Look does. at his hair. He does. I wear all the best makeup. <laughs> he knows the best people. Uh... Back in August, and that's when... how well we're going to have to do, Matt. Back in August, when you admitted that you regret some of the things you said, you also said this: "I can promise you this: I will always tell you the truth." It's true. So let me read some of the things you said. I will always tell the truth. It's true. I will. I will always tell the truth. I'm serious. I'm serious. (laughs) Believe me. I was telling the truth when I said that. Than the generals do. Believe me. Was that the truth? Well, the generals under Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton have not been successful. Do you know more about ISIS than they do? (laughs) I think under the leadership of Barack Uh, Obama and Hillary Clinton. Answer the fucking question, Donald. Do you know more about ISIS than Obama does? It's embarrassing for our country. You have a force of 30,000 or so people. Nobody really knows, but probably 30,000 people. That's part of his whole fucking shtick, right? He's going to make America great again, which includes our military, which I'm sure he thinks is not as great as it should be because the generals don't know more than Donald fucking Trump. He read it somewhere. Just like Donald Trump doesn't know if we're not allowed to really use nukes. (laughs) (laughs) Why haven't we used them? Just see the great, as an example, General George Patton. Spinning in his grave as ISIS, we can't beat. Yeah, you we said if greatest... we had MacArthur today, or if uh-huh. we had Patton today, we would not have ISIS. That the rise of these military commanders that we have today, they come up the chain of command, and by the time they get to the top, they're too politically correct. So Donald Trump is shitting on all of our top military officials. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. And then wants to lead them. Yes. Hmm. I'm sure that'll work out fine. He, you know what? He, he because w- Donald Trump loves our troops and our veterans, he, except for the commanders, because they're a bunch of dipshits and right. won't use the nukes. <laughs> he watched Patton. He knows exactly what he would do. Right. You know, right. just like uh, you know, um, isn't George C. Scott still alive? Can't we bring yeah, exactly. him in here to lead our troops? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> These military commanders that we have today, they come up the chain of command, and by the time they get to the top, they're too politically correct. And we know that's not a compliment coming from you. Have you lost faith in the military commanders? (laughs) 
I have great faith in the military. I have great faith in certain just of the not commanders. The commander. yeah, yeah, but just... I have no faith in Hillary Clinton or the leadership. You look at what's happened. And, you know, when she comes in and starts saying, oh, I would have done this, I would have. She's been there for 30 years. I mean, we need change, Matt. We have to have it. And we have to have it fast. Let's go to Hallie Jackson in our Or cut. what? Hallie. Yeah, yeah. what's going to happen? He was a public affairs <laughs> officer in the Marine Corps. He spent a year in Anbar province in Iraq. He left the military with the rank of captain, service that inspired him to write a book. He's a Democrat, and he has this question for you, Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump, over the past 15 years, a lot of U.S. troops have bled and died, securing towns and provinces from Iraq to Afghanistan, only to have insurgent groups like ISIS spring back the moment we leave. Now, you've claimed to have a secret plan to defeat ISIS. Your super secret plan. Yeah, your super you're secret hardly the plan. first politician to promise a quick victory and a speedy homecoming. So, assuming we do defeat ISIS, what next? What is your plan for the region to ensure that a group like them doesn't just come back? What's after sure, I mean, ISIS? Part of the problem that we've had is we go in, we defeat somebody, and then we don't know what we're doing. So, uh, notice that the question was, what do we do... After, after we get rid of ISIS, what is your plan to control things and have things go well after we get rid of ISIS? Yes. Yeah. With your super secret yes. special plan. It's so secret, it's written in di- disappearing ink. Your super secret sauce plan. I keep it on my nipples. What is it? You need a decoder ring. The that we've had is we go in, we defeat somebody, and then we don't know what we're doing after that. I mean, we lose it. Like, as an example, you look at Iraq, what happened, how badly that was handled. And then... When President Obama took over, likewise, it was a disaster. It was actually somewhat stable. I don't think it could ever be very stable. It's a war we should have never gone into in the first place. But he came in. He said, when we go <laughs> what? out, What's he the, took everybody what out. What the fuck was that? It was, it was somewhat stable, likely a little bit stable, never going to be, be stable. stable. <laughs> what the fuck it's is the, he uh, talking about? That's the trifecta right there. He doesn't have a fucking clue. Yeah. We should have never gone into in the first place. But he came in, he said, when we go out, and he took everybody out. And really, ISIS was formed. This was a terrible decision. And frankly, we never even got a shot. And if you really look at the aftermath of Iraq, Iran is going to be taking over Iraq. They've been doing it. And it's not a pretty picture. Uh, the, and, and you I haven't answered you know, the fucking question. Been no. watching me, I think no. for a long time, I've always said, shouldn't be there. But if we're going to get out... Take the oil. If we would have taken the <laughs> oil, you wouldn't yeah. have ISIS because uh, ISIS formed with the power and the wealth of that oil. How are we going to take? So that's his plan yeah. is that after we defeat ISIS, we're going to take the oil. We're going to take their only natural resource they have to make money in the and region. That will stabilize the region. Okay, so what is the natural resource in Mexico to make them pay for the wall? Uh, tacos. <laughs> Taco, Taco trucks truck on every, every corner. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's how he's going to pay for the wall. He's going to tax taco trucks on every corner. Oh, mm, that makes me so tacos, happy. Oh. Street tacos, carnitas. Mm. And sombreros. Yum. I'm in for that. Oh, so that way, when you go to the corner to get your tacos, you got your sombrero on, you won't get sunburned. They need. We need pozole on every corner. Oh. Some Mexican stew. Mm. Yes. Mm. I'm salivating right now. The dude who said that totally underestimated Americans' love of fucking tacos. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> like, my corner, two taco trucks? Are you kidding Fuck me? Fuck yes. Let's do that. How do we get that shit done? I never have to go to the grocery store. <laughs> if we would have taken the oil, you wouldn't have ISIS because ISIS formed 
with the power and the wealth of that oil. How are we going to take the oil? How are we going to do that? We just we would leave a certain group behind. And a certain group called oil graders. Uh, people don't know this about Iraq, but they you have don't know this the largest about Iraq. reserves in the world, we, in the entire world. Jesus and fucking Christ! We would just leave yeah, certain just, people. We would leave a certain group behind, and you would take various sections. And you would take various sections and keep the oil, and that's how it works, Matt. What a stupid question! I mean, you know, <laughs> you, 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 you'd sop it up with the bounty towels because I mean, I don't know if some people know this or not, but you can really get a lot with oh, those yeah. bounty towels and just wring them out, and and a certain amount of people can just fill up a bunch of barrels oh, yeah. of oil. Not many people yeah. know this. Not many. Well, and you said you said pre-recording, Jeff, that when he says that, what is it? Uh, when Donald Trump <laughs> says uh, people don't know this, it's it, it really is his way of separating himself from the actual knowledge of I just found this out, <laughs> and this is this is information unbeknownst to me previous to being told this is what it is. But when he says I don't know if people know this or not, including me, is really what he should say. He should say. I didn't know this before. Did anybody else know this before? <laughs> it's Look, fucking so, amazing. Have you guys heard this? Yeah. Look, I always so, thought dinosaur pee made, made fuel. Iraq so, has oil. Oh my God. Uh, so, so when you listen to him and he says, I don't know if people know this or not, or, or so some people know <laughs> not this. Not many people not know many this. Not many people know this. It is really, I just found this out and it's amazing. <laughs> about Iraq, but they have among the largest oil reserves in the world, in the entire world. What and the hell the you say? We go in, we spend $3 trillion, we lose thousands and thousands of lives, and then, Matt, what happens is we get nothing. You know, it used to be to the victor belong the spoils. Oh. Now, there was <laughs> no, no victor. Are you kidding? No and victor, so he wants to invade under that pretense. <laughs> he just, yeah, he really just we, said that. We haven't done that since like the 1700s. Like yeah, it's, it's been a really long time since we've invaded a country to just take it. To the victor go the spoils. We should invade all fucking kinds of countries. Yeah. Let's go to let's go to fucking Africa and steal all their fucking diamonds yeah. while we're at it. Jesus Christ. Oh, that's a bully mentality. Yeah. To the victor belong the spoils. Now, there was no victor there, believe me, there was no victor. But I always said take the oil. One of the benefits we would have had if we took the oil is ISIS would not have been able to take oil and use If If there was no victor there, then how the fuck could we have taken the oil, you stupid motherfucker? Yeah, because we didn't win. There was no victor there, but if we had taken the oil, which would go to, you know, the victor, because yeah. the spoils go to the victor, yeah. we didn't win, but if we had taken the oil not being the victor, which we couldn't then take in the oil, what the fuck are you talking about, Well, Donald then we wouldn't Trump? have had ISIS. We would have had Iraq fighting America to keep their oil. This guy's the dumbest motherfucker on the face of the goddamn planet, and he's a cunt hair away from being the president of the United States. It is a long cunt hair. Fucking Republicans, man. Yeah. How the fuck? fuck do you people get this guy in charge of your party and the thing is there's many that agree with that oh yeah we should just take the oil like that's not how it works how did you feel when someone came to your house and stole a beer out of your cooler on your front porch <laughs> you were pissed off weren't you imagine if they stole all the beers on your front yeah. porch jesus christ uh, where <laughs> I'm trying to avoid him. When, when, when we've met in the past and we've talked, you say things like, I'm going to bomb the expletive out of them very quickly. <laughs> and when people like me press you for I don't details, think he said like expletive. that gentleman just no, said, said, on what shit. your plan is, you very often say, I'm not going to give you the details because I want to be 
unpredictable. Absolutely, the but word you, is unpredictable. But yesterday, you actually <laughs> told us a little bit about your plan. Uh, in- Absolutely, I, I I don't want anybody to know my plans. I want to be unpredictable, including myself. <laughs> and then yeah. Matt says, "Well, actually, you did tell us a little bit about your plan. Want to hear about it? Here it go." Tells because I want to be unpredictable. Absolutely, the but, word is unpredictable. But yesterday, you actually told us a little bit about your plan in your speech. You said this quote: "We're going to convene my top generals, and they will have thirty days to submit a plan for soundly and quickly defeating ISIS." Uh, Why the fuck would he need a plan from his top generals if he yeah. has his own secret fucking plan to do this already? You know. Well, because he he took a bunch of uh those little blocks you get as a kid that have letters on them and you can spell stuff, and he threw them on a the floor in front of the general and said, "There's my plan. Figure it out." <laughs> you know, and and here's me in the art of conversation. I'm I'm hearing the words coming out of the mouth uh, out of Trump's mouth allegedly from yesterday, which I assume Matt Lauer properly cited. Yeah, he said, "My generals." Yes, he didn't necessarily say generals in the army. He said, "My generals." As now, commander in chief, they would be his generals. Well, I, but I mean, is, is that is like that, Trump Jr. is the commanding correct. general? Oh, I get. L- like so you're not my, even talking military people. Correct. You're talking my generals because because okay. the word generals can can definitely be stretched. It's a out. general thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. generals are general. <laughs> <laughs> so when he says my generals, he might not even necessarily mean military generals who are in the know that are in current. He could positions. be talking about the basketball team who faces the Harlem Globetrotters all the yeah, time. The, right? Oh yeah. snap. <laughs> He's yes. going to talk to the Washington generals about what talk they to need my to do generals. to defeat those awful Harlem Globetrotters. Now, now They're so it, unpredictable. Yeah, is it all the people that are uh, that are uh, uh, along with his preconceived notions? I mean, is this a presupposition in his point? And then, uh, you know, what, whatever. He's probably got Ivanka working on the plan to make underwear come off quicker so he can have sex with her faster. Well, but even if they Thank are you. his generals, generally speaking, how does that mesh with him already saying that he has a secret plan that to utterly defeat isis and why does it even matter and why would it keep a fucking plan like that secret like that if you have a plan to defeat the number one terrorist organization in the world who doesn't only affect the united states but a bunch of other nations they're they're committing terrorist acts in in france and in germany why the fuck wouldn't you share that with everybody is it yeah. because you're that much of a fucking prick yep that you would rather see people dying in the streets than share this immaculate knowledge that you have i hope those are rhetorical questions dan <laughs> they are <laughs> they are i'm pointing out what a horrible fucking prick donald trump is <laughs> In hiding this whole time, asking someone else for their plan? No, but when I do come up with a plan, when I come up with a plan, see, when I come up with a plan, what? Didn't he just say he has a secret plan? And then he said, "When I come up with a plan, after he meets with his generals, who will provide him a plan." So then, is it going to be the plan from the generals or his initial plan that he's keeping secret or a wholly different plan that is going to somehow mesh with a secret plan that he's meeting with generals with and they're going to put it well, together? It's kind of like his his hotels. He will find someone that built a hotel that's doing well and put his name on it and say, hey, that's mine. Yep. Mm. You, you may need to skip the back just a little bit so we can hear that whole thing okay. in context. All right, I'm going to do that. Quickly defeating ISIS. Okay. So is the plan you've been hiding this whole time asking someone else for their plan? No, but when I do come up with a plan that I like and that perhaps agrees with mine or maybe doesn't, I may love what the generals come back with. I will continue. But you have your own. 
when I come up with a plan that maybe agrees with my plan. Yes. What the fuck are you talking about? Why does anybody take this fucking clown seriously for anything? Mix Dan smash things. <laughs> That's why I said we need sledgehammers for this part. Dan smash. <laughs> Asking someone else for their plan? No. But when I do come up with a plan that I like and that perhaps agrees with mine, or maybe doesn't, I may love <laughs> what the generals Christ. come back with. I will. But you have when your I own come up plan. with a plan that a plan might agree with my plan. plan, I don't want it. Look, I have a very substantial chance of winning. Make America great again. We're going to make America great again. I have a substantial mm. chance of winning. If I win, I don't want to broadcast to the enemy exactly what my but plan is. And keep- let me tell you, if I like maybe a combination of my plan and the general's plan or the general's plan, if I like their plan, Matt, I'm not going to call you up and say, Matt, we have a great plan. This is what Obama does. We're going to leave. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> okay. Oh, my God, Matt. You have to hear this plan that I've come up with. It's brilliant. Uh, okay. He is a product of trickle-down economics. He is yes. someone that sits down at the top, or sits at the, sits down at the top, sits <laughs> at the top, sits at the top, waiting for someone to come in with a great idea that could potentially work and go, that's excellent. That's my idea. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to go with. That is quintessential, um, trickle down economics from the nineties, eighties and nineties. It's ridiculous. It doesn't work. Nope. It didn't work when it was enacted as nope. a, as a, a, as an economic, you know, pusher, whatever. I I don't know. As an economic policy yeah, plan. Thank you. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> but he. Uh, Either I do mean, we. That is. It, that's just perfect. Old policies and old, old old sit on top of ivory towers and scream at everybody else around you and and steal the works of others. Get off my lawn unless you have no. a plan for killing ISIS. <laughs> this thing he's about to say because he's already talked said it, talked about it once about Obama pulling troops out of Iraq and all that kind of stuff and he's getting ready to say Obama announcing the date we're leaving Iraq to all of our enemies and stuff. Yeah. That date was decided upon when Bush was in office. Obama wanted to leave troops over there, but there was the agreement we had already made with their with the Iraqi government to pull out and if we didn't pull out our troops were no longer immune to Iraqi law. So if we left soldiers there and that soldier were to get into a gunfight with some Iraqis and the Iraqi government said, well, wait, we don't think that was uh, you know, justified. Mm-hmm. We can hold you in our country and have you brought to trial in Iraq now for, uh, you know, a crime. In Iraqi courts. In Iraqi yeah, courts in Iraqi and everything. Courts, yeah. So instead of subjecting our soldiers to possibly have to go to Iraqi courts to explain why they got into a gun battle with ISIS or something, like, nope. We'll pull out like we had originally agreed upon underneath Bush, even though we don't think we should be pulling out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck everything about Donald Trump. I can't fucking stand his smug fucking face, man. In a panel of ju- of generals, and you've already said you know more about ISIS than those generals. Well, they'd probably be different generals, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm looking at the generals today. You probably saw, I have a piece of paper here, I could show it. 88 generals and admirals endorsed me today. It's a number. And these are Hillary great. Clinton well, claims not more numbers. Numbers. Uh, It's not, well, yeah, numbers. Uh, 88, <laughs> 88 generals and admirals endorsed me today. I have a piece of paper I could show you. Matt Lauer says, well, that's just a number. Hillary Clinton claims more than you're claiming, so. And he goes, well, that's just a number. Yeah. I mean, yeah it's just a number. <laughs> so big fucking deal, right? 
been losing for us for a long period of time. I mean, the fact is, we have had the worst, and you could even say the dumbest, foreign policy. Our results are so bad, we would have been better off had we never, ever spent $2 in that part of the world. And why the fuck is Donald Trump carrying around a piece of paper with the names of the 88 generals and admirals who have endorsed him? It's... It's like carrying around is that just like, information in your pocket is when you're that, not supposed is, to. I mean, is his inner vest pocket, his little spank bank, he pulls that out and starts fucking smacking it to the names of the generals and admirals oh, yeah. who have now endorsed him? Like, oh, oh, yes, admiral, admiral, oh, my God, oh. Well, what's actually on that list is all the Pokemon he has not caught yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so at this point, all the, all the generals that he has on this list is this, he says it's not about numbers, but look at these 88. Oh, yeah. it's not about, well, you know, Matt Lauer said, yeah, she's got more than. Oh, it's not about numbers. Yeah, she claims it's, a large number. Yeah, oh, well, a, the my yeah, numbers yeah. don't really. It's matter. It's not about numbers. But my numbers are the best. Forget, forget about the eighty-eight number I mentioned. There were there were so many. All of the all of yeah. the good generals and admirals have endorsed me. I've also got ninety-nine red balloons <laughs> and ninety-nine <laughs> problems, and a general ain't one. I guess. <laughs> Two intelligence briefings. Yes, I did. Did anything in that briefing, without going into specifics, shock or alarm you? Yes. Did Very you learn so. new things? First of all, in I, that I had great respect for the people that gave us the briefings. We were—they were terrific people. They were experts on Iraq and Iran and different parts of and the, Iraq and Russia. And Iran and but Russia. Yes, there was one thing that shocked me, shocked and it me. just seems shocked to me, me that what they said, President Obama and Hillary Clinton and John Kerry, who is another total disaster. Uh, did exactly the opposite. Did you learn anything in that briefing, again, not going into specifics, that makes you reconsider some of the things you say you can accomplish, like defeating ISIS quickly? No, I didn't learn anything from that standpoint. What I did learn is that our leadership, Barack Obama, did not follow what our experts and our truly, when they call it intelligence, so is he didn't learn that. He just what came up with that on his own. Yeah. To do, How? and I was very, very surprised. In almost every instance, and I could tell. I have pretty good with the body language. I could tell. Oh, I love the body I language. Have, we're not happy. I have pretty good with the body language. I've, 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 I've seen enough swimsuit contests. I'm really good with the body language. And I can tell you, I have pretty good yeah. with the body language. Yeah. I have all the best of body language. English is totally fucking out of the realm of possibility of me having good with the English, but having good with the body language, I can have dues. Sounds like he's been hanging out with Putin. (laughs) (laughs) When they call it intelligence, it's there for a reason. What our experts (laughs) said to do. And I was very, very surprised in almost every instance. And I could tell I have pretty good with the body language. I could tell (laughs) they were not happy. Our I have pretty good with the body language. What they were recommending. That's a good Allie. tweet. I'm with former Army Captain Sue Fulton, who is a member of the first West Point class to include women. She served as a Signal Corps officer in Germany. Yay! She's a Democrat, and she has this question for you, Mr. Trump. Oh, Mr. Trump. Trump. Hi, thank you very much. Thank you. Do you believe that an undocumented person who serves, who wants to serve in the U.S. Armed Forces deserves to stay in this country legally? I think that when you serve in the Armed Forces, that's a very special situation, and I could see myself working that out, absolutely. So she's saying, has already served in the Armed Forces or wants to serve, plans well, to serve? 
plans to serve plans to serve in the armed forces. As you know, that under DACA, there are, yes. we already have people yes. who are undocumented. I, I think serving. military is a very special thing. If they plan on serving, if they get in, I would absolutely hold those people. Now, we have to be very careful. We have to vet very carefully. Everybody would agree with that. We have to vet but our the vets. answer is it would be a very special circumstance. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. He really didn't. He didn't really answer the fucking question. No. She wanted to know if an undocumented person in the United States wants to serve in the military, would you allow them to do so? I'd be thinking that the process that you have to go through to get into the military would be vetting enough. Uh Uh-huh. Well, but then again, that does kind of go bad sometimes. There were cases where, like, gangs were getting people to join the military so they could learn military tactics and bring it back to gangs. Yeah, but but incidences, not not rampant, Mm -hmm. widespread... No, it's not widespread. Issues. Most most people, I mean, that's that's a very small number that ended up doing that. Well, at and one they time, weren't undocumented either. No, they were legal citizens. Yeah, yeah. so it doesn't really answer her question. No. Anyway. I do. Alex Rudkowski was an Army Staff Sergeant assigned to Special Operations. He was stationed at Fort Bragg. He's a and was dapper young man, isn't he? He is. And other places across the Middle East. He has not decided who he will vote for yet in November. And you have a question for Mr. Trump. I do. Mr. Trump, as you know, tensions between the United States and Russia have been at the highest levels since the Cold War. In your first 120 days of presidency, how would you de-escalate the tensions? And more importantly, what steps would you take to bring Mr. Putin and the Russian government back to the negotiating table? <laughs> so, so not for nothing. He's like pegged my gaydar. Yeah. Not that that's a bad thing. We know that I, I love I love my friends in the LGBTQ community, but I'm sure that once "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" went away, he was he was having his own well, little dance party. He's very well put together. Uh huh. His hair is nicely done. Mm-hmm. He looks like he has some sort of fashion sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was in the special forces. Mm-hmm. That I, last one being the qualifier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's a very well put together person who asked a very a very cogent, intelligent, uh, on point question. But yeah, Gaydar I, is pegged. I, I I just wish I I need someone you know not necessarily you know a good looking guy who is in the position that he's in and in the military experience. I want some transgender to come no, I didn't I didn't mean some transgender I mean I want some transgender to come out and ask Trump a question straight to his face and just see something along LGBT rights that'll just throw well, him off his rocker because you uh, know exactly right now what Trump is thinking in his head he wants to make fun of this person I, well I can't think of her name right now but there is the the rather famous transgendered uh Navy SEAL I don't know who G.I. Jane no, 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 no. She's well. She well was a male when in the military, and then transitioned to female after oh, getting out. Oh, I don't. But was a was Navy I was, was a Navy SEAL, and she's spoken on a, plenty of things about it before. Like, yeah, you know, huh. I was I was a badass. Yeah, yeah. Not I've, many I'm, people I'm care with this story unless they have a camera in front of their face. Yeah. Huh. Let's see what his answer is to this. Escalate the tensions, and more importantly, what steps would you take to bring Mr. Putin and the Russian government back to negotiating Mr. table? Mr. Putin, I think I would have a very good relationship with many foreign leaders. Ugh. I think it's very sad when you look at Barack Obama I do too. as an example, lands Air Force One in uh, China, and they don't China. want to put out stairs to get off the plane. 
and he used, has to use the, the stairs that mechanics use to get up and down to fix the plane. They wouldn't give him stairs. I think what it's very sad. What the fuck is he talking about? I'll explain it. Yeah. He, he let, I'll explain this. Okay. Okay. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck does this have to do with this young man's question? Okay. So, Nothing. So, um, the, uh, the G20 summit. Yes. Uh huh. Um, in China. I think China, China, China. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, President Obama landed his plane. A normal um, uh, greeting uh, from China, China, is to roll out a red carpet and and some stairs uh, to foreign leaders, to to, you know heads of state, Mm. uh, to their planes. Mm. China didn't do that. They pulled up. He needed to get the stairs from the bottom of the plane and walk off the metal stairs, Mm. just just straight like. Almost like a normal person with a private jet. What? Um, and he threw a fit. Now during during hey, this, who? Uh, Trump. Oh, okay. Uh, during during the uh, the during the summit, there was a uh, I believe it was a ceasefire. Man, this was in the middle. It was like three o'clock in the morning last night. But there was a uh, fairly important treaty that was signed. Uh, a ceasefire, I believe. I may be. Uh, uh, in a dream state right now, but there was some, something important that was signed by Obama and, and some other heads of state that, that was either a ceasefire or a peace agreement or something, something along those lines. When Trump was asked about this particular situation, he said, well, when I pull up, if I were to pull up in my plane and they weren't willing to greet me as a head of state, I would have been out of there. And he just flat said, if I showed up to one of these peace treaties or one of these, uh, one of these summits, and they didn't properly greet me as I deserve. I'm out of there. How irresponsible tell them well, fuck is that? I think that well, there are some other issues with the China landing too, where they didn't know who was in charge. Not as far as the presidents, but as whose Secret Service was in charge. Oh, if it was so US when Secret they Service when they landed, Chinese. uh U.S. Secret Service tried to go jump off and do their thing, and the Chinese said, "Whoa, whoa, what are you doing?" the fuck is going you're on you're at here? our airport we have everything under control let yeah. us let us handle this here and and they kind of had a little fight between the secret service groups and one of clinton's aides, or i mean not clinton uh obama's aides tried to run over by him and the chinese secret service like grabbed her and threw her to the ground and it was kind of a clusterfuck on it's who was in charge and, and who was who like nobody know who who anybody was so instead of hanging around Obama, they got off the plane really quick and jumped in his his uh you know his detail his, his detail yeah. and just took off so like a boss mm. he's just walking down his metal stairs well, uh, i don't know uh, what's going on out here but uh, i don't i don't need chinese i don't need chinese stairs <laughs> but I there don't was need any chinese stairs there were those tensions before he yeah. got off the plane with whose secret service was in charge and what I was going on i don't know what on. all this happy horse shit is out here but uh <laughs> i'm going to get in the detail and head get, on out someone get the fuck up Give me my car. But him and uh, U.S. and China did come together on a new pact for uh, energy pack. Okay, maybe maybe that's what it was. I was like I said, late night to uh, to stop using coal and move over to more renewable energies is what I know. One of the big things mm. that came out from ah. U.S. China. Mm. But it, but it really speaks to Donald Trump as if you need another excuse. Yeah. It really speaks to him to say he would, regardless of the circumstance, even if he didn't know the whole circumstance. His response was, "I would have been out of there. I'd have left. I'd have yeah. been. I'd have been gone. I don't care what the world needs. I don't care what uh, this. What like, this uh, is for. Uh, if they don't treat bitch. me with respect, yep. I'm gonna leave. Yep. I'm so unpredictable. Maybe he'll leave this because we're not treating him with respect. <laughs>
as an example, lands Air Force One in uh, China and they don't <laughs> want to put out stairs to get off the plane. And he used, has to use the, the stairs that mechanics use to get up and down to fix the plane. They wouldn't Fucking give mechanics. Stairs. I think it's very sad when he lands in Saudi Arabia and he, he lands in Cuba and there aren't high officials to even greet him. This is the first time in the history, the storied history of Air Force One. I think I would have a very, very good relationship with Putin, and I think I would have a very, very good relationship with Russia. As I said, take a look today. Take a look at what happened. That guy is not taking his bullshit, is he? (laughs) In a very dangerous manner. Somebody said less than 10 feet away. This is hostility. And I saw just two or three days ago. Wait, what was 10 feet away in hostility? I got to back that up for a second. Well, this was 10 feet away. Russia. As I said, take a look today. Take a look at what happened with their fighter jets circling one of our aircraft in a very dangerous manner. Somebody said less than 10 feet away. The fighter jet was flying 10 feet away. I saw just two or three days ago, they looked like they were not exactly getting along. But I looked at President Obama and Putin staring at each other. These were not two people that were getting. Which was a total badass picture. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking Obama towering over Putin, Drop just looking, mic. looking down his nose at him like, motherfucker, try me. Uh, you stand there looking pretty tough, but uh, I'm not taking your shit. Yep. Part of getting along. Russia wants to defeat ISIS as badly as we do. If we had a relationship with Russia, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could work on it together and God, he said that so passionately, didn't he? Did he if though? we had a relationship with Russia, with the, Russia. we could... Wouldn't it be wonderful? You know, oh. what, you know what I think his plan is. Oh my god! Just oh, oh, oh! <laughs> those those people he oh. wants to leave behind to gather all the oil. It's Russia. Oh, <laughs> so right. Badly as we do, if we had a relationship with Russia, wouldn't it be wonderful <laughs> if we could work on it together and knock the hell out of ISIS? Wouldn't let, that be a wonderful Let me thing? ask you about some of the things you've said about Vladimir Putin. You said, <laughs> I will tell you in terms of leadership, he's getting an A. Our president is not doing so well. And when referring to a comment that Putin made about you, I think he called you a brilliant leader. You said, it's always a great honor to be so nicely complimented by a man so highly respected within his country and beyond. Well, he does have an 82% approval rating according to the different... Because you get shot if you don't Accord- approve. According to the Russian news yeah. service, his his approval rating is an 82%. It's like his, his own personal on-staff blogger. <laughs> and beyond. Well, he does have an 82% approval rating according to the different pollsters who, by the way, some of them are based right here. Look, he's also a guy who annexed Crimea, invaded Ukraine, supports Assad in Syria, supports Iran. Invaded Ukraine that Donald Trump had no fucking clue about. I hear hear words, but I don't know what they mean. (laughs) He's also a guy who annexed Crimea, invaded Ukraine, supports Assad in Syria, supports Iran. He's trying to undermine our influence in key regions of the world. And according to our intelligence committee, community probably is the main suspect for the hacking of the DNC computers. Well, nobody knows that for a fact. But <laughs> oh, let me go on a little Putin apologetics tour here yeah. and say nobody knows that for a fact. Nobody you know, knows that for a fact, but we know for a fact Hillary sent confidential emails. You know, and another <laughs> thing I'm noticing here, um, uh, when you when you learn the art of conversation, and someone either 
lunges forward to say something or interrupts you before your question is done, they didn't hear what you said. Right, because they were just waiting for their opportunity to speak. That's it. There is nothing in his demeanor that is, I'm going to listen to this question and answer this question. Give it a a little bit of thought and then answer it. Yeah. I mean, there would be, it would be a little bit more, um, you know, genuine if he were to say, hmm, well, blah, or well, blah, or just blah. (laughs) Instead, it's blah. (laughs) Yeah, it is just blah. But he doesn't even wait for the question mark to be punctuated at the end of the sentence. That President Obama does. But do you want to be complimented by that former KGB? Officer? Well, I think when he calls me brilliant, I'll take the compliment, okay? The fact is, look, <laughs> it's not going to get him anywhere. I'm a negotiator. We're going to take back our country. You look at what's happening to our country. You look at the depleted military. You look at the fact that we've lost our jobs. We're losing our jobs like we're a bunch of babies. We're going to take back our country, man. We're losing our jobs like we're a bunch of babies? I don't hear homeless people crying about losing their jobs. Don't we have child labor laws? We well, <laughs> and and isn't Donald Trump offshoring all kinds of fucking yeah, yep, jobs for the things yep. that his company creates and does? Yep. And then when he does employ people in the U.S., they're illegal immigrants. Yeah. Pleated military. You look at the fact that we've lost our jobs. We're losing our jobs like we're a bunch of babies. We're going to take back our country, man. Just, the fact that he calls me brilliant or whatever he calls me is going to have zero impact. But the fact that you say you can get along with him. I do think you I'll think be able to day, get along with him. Do you think the day that you become president of the United States, he's going to change his mind on some of these key issues? Possibly. It's possible. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's God. possible. And it's not going to have any impact. If he says great things about me, I'm going to say great things about him. I've oh, already said no. He's not really very much <laughs> well. of a leader. I mean, you can say, oh, isn't that a terrible thing? He called, I mean, the man has very strong control over a country. Now, it's a very different system, and I don't happen to like the system. But certainly in that system, he's been a leader far more than our president has been a leader. Yeah, there's a lot in there. Weird how you can be a great leader in a system where you kill off all of your political opponents. Yeah, so that's that's the system he probably wants to go to. He's like, well, I can be a great leader if I just kill everybody that opposes me. Yeah, it'd be great. I would be the best leader ever. Well, he's already called for that. Why can't why can't I just kill people? Did he? Yeah, he went about uh, the Second Amendment right people taking care of him. Oh yeah, Clinton, right, yeah, yeah, right, yep, true. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Very different system, and I don't happen to like the system, but certainly in that system, he's been a leader far more than our president has been a leader. We have a divided country. We have a country where you have Hillary Clinton with her emails that nobody's ever seen, where she deletes thirty three thousand emails. And that's after getting a subpoena from Congress. If you do that in private business, you get thrown in jail. But you can, you know, buy off the AG of Florida for $25,000, and that's yeah. just fine. You'll get, it, you'll get a fine for that, as Donald Trump has been fined repeatedly for campaign finance issues. Now, Dan, you're, you're, you're mistaken here. There's a difference between politics and business. Oh. Yeah. What if you mix the two? Uh, you know, uh, we have lots of great things to do when we mix the two. <laughs> There's lots of great things I can say and lots of great things I can tell. Like, he can't fill the White House with Russian models. He can try. He can try. He can try I and a White House tour. And, don't, <laughs> and tell them that when they come over here, they can't say that they're coming for work. It's just a trip. Yeah, yeah. because that's illegal. Yeah. Reserves and spent 10 months in Iraq right at the beginning of Operation Iraqi Freedom. He is a Republican and has this question for you. Good evening, Mr. Trump. Hi. I like what you say about supporting veterans and how they are important, but I haven't heard what the actual plans are to continue that support beyond words. And you still won't. How will you translate those words <laughs> to action after you take office? 
Well, I love that question because I've been very close to the vets. Uh, you see the relationship I have with the vets just by looking at the polls. In fact, or you could look at the fact that I, you know, hired this group to come. You know, I, I gave this group some money who said that they were going to donate it to the troops. And then never fucking happened. Yeah. You know, I don't do any kind of research at all, but you can see the relationship, the, how much care I put into caring for our troops. And I love that question so much, I'm going to write it on a piece of toilet paper and use it later. <laughs> It'll be my favorite piece of paper all day, aside from the one in my breast pocket. Yes. Well, I love that question because I've been very close to the vets. Uh, you see the relationship I have with the vets just by looking at the polls. In fact, today a poll came out and my relationship has been very good. Uh, I have a very, very powerful plan that's uh, on my website. I don't mean to cut in again so quickly, but <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, man. A poll doesn't say anything about your relationship no. with, the, with the troops. It says how many troops support you. It doesn't say how well you're going to treat them. It's how many people have been duped. And why the fuck is it that so many members of our military are such staunch conservatives who support the policies of Republicans who shit on them repeatedly? Well, I'm not going to say all military personnel are uneducated, but, but <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I didn't. It's a majority of the people that join the military don't have the ability to get into a college and have to do something. Okay. Let me, I don't, <laughs> I, it's, I, but I mean, really I've, all they have I've, to do is look at, okay, here's a policy that's coming down the pipeline. Democrats want to increase your pay. They want to increase funding for the VA. They want to increase funding for mental health care for our returning veterans who are injured and in need of service. Yeah. And the Republicans shoot all of that fucking down. They shoot down DACA. They, they do all of this shit that harms our military service members. And the military service members are like, fuck yeah, Republicans. And, and, and to what you were saying, Ryan, I, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I'm speaking to the point that, uh, just like you said, the, the military that comes in, uh, I used to teach a bunch of military and, uh, how do I tiptoe without being an <laughs> don't asshole? Don't tiptoe. It, it cringes. Don't. I mean, I. Don't <laughs> I've there met a lot a, of people who are not very bright. There is a large majority of the younger people that join the military that are in the same position of, I need to do something but don't know how. Yeah. All of my decisions that I've made up to this point have become fruitless. And I need someone else to make my decisions for me. Therefore, the mil mil the military seems as though a very good, on the surface, uh, way for me to get out of making my own decisions and not being responsible for my own actions. And I kind of equate military service along with girls that their dream is to be a hairdresser. Now, hairdressers are awesome, and and uh, um. Soldiers are awesome, but not all of them. No. It's, I mean, it's kind of a default and, and, and it's more of an emotional and not necessarily a, uh, an academic or, or, or a, uh, you know, intelligence level. Or an level. intellectual yeah. pursuit. It's, it's not. It's, it's just, I've been in this circumstance. I've, I'm in these lower circumstances. I've seen people in my similar circumstances get out of them by doing this. What's therefore, the best route for me to get out of these? Therefore, years? I'm sick of being in trouble. I'm sick of drinking beers on the weekend. I'm sick of doing this. So I'm going to go in the military so I can do it the same thing and get paid for it. Yeah. So, and, and the types, 
Now I don't mean. <laughs> well, I mean there are different uh, types of people in the military. The type of people that want to join the military is like, hell yeah, let's go fight a war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go right. kiss or your papers. Types and, like me, like, well, I really don't feel like going to college. I don't have the money for it, but I know if I join the military, I can get uh, an education in some sort of specific field, and I can get out of the military and have a training some set specialized that training. will be I can use in the real world. Right, right. Yeah. And I feel I feel there's there's some. Um, uh, at least a large demographic in my own limited view of the military, uh, mostly because of some of the people that I know personally, they aren't people that can handle their own lives and they need to have direction and they need to be forced into this. And they really like someone telling them, this is what you're going to be doing. This is your path. This is how you're going to get rewarded. And all of those things come true. It's kind as of like an extended you listen. parental relationship. Correct. And then, yeah. and then, um, considering how much the GOP always, um, slams the, the pulpit on, on the military, 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 why not follow them? Because they are one of the only ones that supports you, quote unquote, uh, even though it's just maybe through their words. Yeah. Well, and they're the authoritarian party. They're the ones who correct are going to tell you what you can and can't do. And correct. So at that at that point, there. Why wouldn't we vote for for GOP? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we follow what Trump says? It says we need to support the military. You're like, yes, you do need to support the military because everyone else doesn't support the military, and I need support. But it's all just yeah. lip service, though. I it mean, if correct. they if they took any time to look into the policies that are put forward and the ones that are shot down by the GOP, it's it's the it's the policies that would help our service members that the GOP f- repeatedly just jerks off the table and and says no they cut funding there you know you don't have the army that you wish you had you have the army that you do have or whatever the fuck what's his ass said when we were when we went into Iraq you know you we don't have to supply our people with what they need Sometimes you just have to go and fight a war with what you've got because of all of the policies that we've laid down for the last decade that have fucked them all over. We're still going to send them into war anyway. And it's not even necessarily what actually happens or the actual support. It is, it's the headlines. Just like, just like this uh, forum that we are watching right now. Tomorrow, if you read the headlines, it's going to be, you know, a quote from Trump and a quote from Clinton. And, and people are going to make their determinations based solely upon that. They're not going to read it. It's also going to be not going to watch it. On which news agency it comes from, and what very those quotes correct. will yeah. be very correct, and and it's just a perpetuation of ignorance that that you, you can't. Well, I'm sorry, that's the skeptic in me. <laughs> I listen to something, even someone I totally agree with. I mean, if tomorrow Weird Al was to come out and say something, I'd go, "Yeah, that's." No, wait a minute. <laughs> well, I mean, just taking a headline for what it says is ignorance because you aren't fully versed in all the parts of what was going on. So it's. That does come from ignorance. You're not actually researching. You're not looking into it going, oh, well, what did you say before or after that? Well, that doesn't fucking jive with what they said. Thinking is hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And on that note, we go back to Trump. (laughs) Mm. Hard thinking. I like his face. One of the big problems is the wait time. Vets are waiting six days, seven days, eight days. And by the way, Hillary Clinton six months ago said the vets are being treated essentially just fine. There's no real problem. That's it's not at all what she said. said. She didn't. She not even that. 20 minutes ago. Litany of problems it. within the VA. Look, I mean, she made up half of the things she said about me. I'm telling you, this is. She said she was. She uh, made up half of the things she said about me. I'm going to make up everything that yeah. I say about she her. She doesn't have to. He has a track record. You're a fucking liar. <laughs> what a fucking liar.
plenty of problems within the VA. Look, I mean, she made up half of the things she said about me. I'm telling you, this is she said she was satisfied with what was going on in the Veterans Administration. Now, no, that's not at all what she said. Plan, you fucking liar. And by the way, people are dying online. They're dying, waiting, waiting to get to see a doctor. They're waiting five days and six days under a part of my plan. If they have that long wait. They walk outside, they go to the local doctor, they choose the doctor, they choose That's the hospital, whether it's public or about. private, yeah. they yeah. get themselves better. In many cases, it's a minor procedure or a pill or so they aren't just dying. a prescription. And they end up if dying. If it's minor they and they can go somewhere else, the then they aren't dying we just like you bill. said they, they were outside, dying. They yeah. Get a doctor. yeah, it doesn't matter. And well, most of the times it's a minor thing. They just need a pill. That's what she just fucking said when she was on there, that they just get a pill. They're just sent on their way. Yeah. They're not really given any fucking help. And he's saying that's what we need to continue doing while fucking lying about what she just said. Ah, I have all the best lies. <laughs> minor procedure or a pill or just a prescription that's what she fucking complained about because they can't get to see the doctor we will pay the bill they go outside they get a doctor they get a prescription they do what they have to do and we pay the bill that is something that i have been praised and by the way i never said take the va take it the veterans administration private i wouldn't do that too much respect for our people you I would just never said do a that. part of it would be i though. heard yeah. it was said uh-huh. that i said that I would not do that. But I do believe, I do believe, when you're waiting in line for six, seven days, you should never be in a position like that. You go out, you see the doctor, you get yourself taken. So you privatize it. You've got another question. I do. Rachel Fredericks, who specialized in aviation's operations in the Marine Corps, serving stateside. So again, he didn't answer the fucking question. He created more. Get yourself Uh, taken. Hallie, you've got another question. I do. Rachel Fredericks, who specialized in aviation's operations in the Marine Corps, serving stateside. She lost two friends to suicide, and you now struggle yourself with PTSD. Real quick, this is a female of our armed services who Phyllis Schlafly would would have had never, ever even have the opportunity to serve yeah. in our armed forces. Yep. And Donald Trump, what was that, just today, tweeted out that in honor of Phyllis fucking Schlafly's death, you should go out and buy her book, something about how conservatism and Trump will make yeah. America great again. Yep. Donald Trump is all in favor of Phyllis Schlafly and her views that this woman who's going to ask this question should never have been able to serve in the in the United nope. States military. Fuck Donald Trump and fuck Phyllis Schlafly. I agree. (laughs) Uh, Still undecided a little bit, too. Rachel, you have a question for Mr. Trump. I do. Mr. Trump, I wanted to ask what your plan will be to stop 20 veterans a day from killing themselves. And actually, it's 22. And it's it's, it's almost impossible to conceive that this is happening in our country. 20 to 22 people a day are killing themselves. A lot of it is they're killing themselves over the fact that they can't, they're under tremendous pain and they can't see a doctor. We're going to speed up the process. We're going to create a great mental health division. They need help. They need help. They need tremendous help. And we're doing nothing for them. The VA is really almost, you could say, a corrupt enterprise. If you look at what's going on, as an example, Matt, in Arizona. And he would know about that. They caught people stealing and they can't even do anything about it. They can't even fire the people. So we are going to make it efficient and good. And if it's not good, you're going out 
to private hospitals, public hospitals, and doctors. Hallie, okay? one more. Thank you very much. Donald Day here, who served as a radio operator in the yeah. Marine Corps in the Vietnam era. He had tours of duty in Southeast Asia and in Europe. He's also a Democrat and has this question for you. Mr. Trump, I have a daughter who is interested in joining the service. But when she researched the military, she saw the stats on sexual assault and decided not to go. I have a concern about the rape of women in our armed forces. As president, what specifically would you do to support all victims of sexual assault in the military? It's a great question and it's a massive problem. Uh, the numbers are staggering, hard to believe even. But we're going to have Everything's to run hard it very for him tight. To I, at the same time, want to keep the court system within the military. I don't think it should be outside of the military. But we have to come down very, very hard on that. And your daughter is absolutely right. It is a massive problem. But we have to do something about that problem. And the best thing we can do is set up a court system within the military right now. There's already a court system um, within the military. JAG, UCMJ. And keep in mind, Donald fucking Trump is the same fucking guy who said of his own daughter that if she was sexually harassed in her workplace, that he would, quote, I would like to think that she would find another career or find another company if that was the case. Is he going to say that for our service members as well? If you get raped in the military, you should just leave the military, find a new job. And Maybe just, transfer to another branch yeah. that isn't as rapey? Just, I don't know. Just deal with it. Fucking guy. And Donald Trump, who who says that he's not against women, thinks women are great, says that shit about his own fucking daughter, yeah. and then hires Roger Ailes, who resigned from Fox News because he because Gretchen Carlson and a bunch of other female news anchors at Fox were suing Fox because of Roger Ailes' sexual harassment. Fucking Gretchen Carlson has hours and hours of recordings of Roger Ailes making inappropriate statements to her and sexually harassing her and recently won a $20 million yes, settlement. That's what I was going to say. From mm -hmm. Roger Ailes and Fox News. And Donald fucking Trump hires him to be part of his campaign. I wish she wouldn't have taken the $20 million. I know it's a lot of money. But if she wants to take in the twenty million and brought it to court, I would love to oh, hear that. Would have been a shit. great. That's the only reason why he offered the twenty million because it's a big chunk of money that she would be hard to pass up. And but Donald he, Trump fucking hires yeah. him for his campaign. Yep, asshole. Like sands from an hourglass. <laughs> <laughs> Such are the days of our lives. <laughs> system practically doesn't exist in 2000 too long. in 2013 on this subject you tweeted this quote 26,000 unreported sexual assaults in the military only 238 convictions what did these geniuses expect when they put men and women together oh what an asshole this goes back to his views being perfectly in line with Phyllis Schlafly. She didn't want women in the military because she thought Expected maybe this would happen. Women should be at home fucking raising kids and taking care of the house. Donald Trump says, oh, what do they expect when they throw women in the military that they weren't going to be raped? I mean, yeah. come on. How could we not rape them? Motherfucker. <laughs> it, is a, it is a correct tweet. There are many people that think that that's absolutely correct. And we need to have a strength. So this and we need have to been have... expected? And does that mean the well, only way to well, fix it is to take women out that, of the military? And, and by the way, since then... I hope that answer fucking buries him. <laughs> if, well, it is a correct tweet. You know, several yeah. people expected this. Yeah. You motherfucker. 
expected? And does that mean the only well, way to well, fix it is to take women out of the military? And, and by the way, since then, it's gotten worse. No, not to oh. take them out, but something has to be happened. You, right now, part something of the problem has to be is happened. nobody gets prosecuted. You have reported, and the gentleman can tell you, you have the report of rape and nobody gets prosecuted. There are no consequences. When you, when you have somebody that does something so evil, so bad as that, there has to be consequence for that person. You like have a to payout. go after that person. <laughs> yeah. Right now, nobody's doing anything. Look at the small number of results. I mean, that's part of the problem. So many of the issues that we've talked about with you, Mr. Trump, tonight and Secretary Clinton are so complex that even career military people and career diplomats and politicians have trouble getting their arms around them. Right. Look at this old guy in the audience just like, what in the fuck is going on here? He doesn't know where he is. How did I get here? What happened? Where am I? My liver spots itch. <laughs> who, who are these two clowns on stage? Why does one of them look like he has cotton candy on his head? I'm hungry. <laughs> I want to ride the pony. Mommy? Mommy? So nobody would expect you to have taken over the last 20 years really deep dives into some of these issues. But I'm curious about what you're doing now. What kind of research are you doing now? What kind of homework are you doing? What kind of well, things are you reading as you prepare Green for the day in two comes. months where you might be elected the <laughs> next president and of the United bam. States? Well, in the front row, you have four generals, you have admirals, we have people all throughout the audience that I'm dealing with. Right here is a list that was just printed today of 88 admirals and generals that I meet with the and I talk bank. to. How much I've time are you spending on this? A lot, a lot. And I'm doing... A lot of different things. Don't forget, we're running a big campaign. We're doing very well. I'm also, you know, and I'm very much giving it to my children and my executives to run. I'm also partially running a... Oh, he wants to give it to Ivanka. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Children. <laughs> I'm very much giving it to my children. Mm. Then there's probably going to be a general that stands up like, I thought he just wanted my autograph well. on that paper. I'm also, you know, and I'm very much giving it to my children and my executives oh, to run. It to I'm him. also partially running a business. Uh -huh. I'm campaigning. I'm running a business. I've got a lot of hats right now. But we're doing very all well. Say America in the meantime, I am studying, and I'm meeting constantly. You see... Uh, you see General Flynn, and you see some of the folks that I'm meeting we with have, them right now. He was the only one the he could so name. We have General admirals, Flynn, and we have generals. Uh, all the other we have a lot of people that yeah. I respect, and a lot of I think I've learned a lot. But I, I think also, I certainly, I, I really feel I have a common sense on the various issues that are, you're talking about. But you now. said in a speech today, you said history <laughs> shows that when America is not prepared is when the danger is the greatest. And we're not will, prepared. Will you be prepared on day one, if you're elected president of the United States, to tackle these complex national security issues? I have the sheets picked out. Hey, Matt, again, <laughs> she made a mistake on Libya. She made a terrible mistake on Libya. And the next thing... That I mean, you agreed not with. Not did she yeah. make the mistake, but then they complicated the mistake by having no management once they bombed you know what, out of Gaddafi. I mean, she made <laughs> And your only plan is to steal the fucking oil. And part of it was <laughs> the management after effect. I think that we have great management talents, great but management skills. And I have to tell totally prepared. But remember this. I've found this subject and these subjects of interest all of my life, Matt. This hasn't been over the last 14 months. I was always interested in killing people. I found these subjects of tremendous <laughs> stealing interest. Stealing their oil. That's why they were asking me about Iraq. Uh, 14 years ago, they were asking me these questions. They don't ask business people. Let me these end questions. in kind of you're the right. same place I started. They Have don't. you given yeah. much it's thought, Mr. Trump, schmucks. if you're elected president <laughs> and commander in chief, 
to that moment where you're going to have to make that first decision that puts American men and women in harm's way? I think it's the most difficult decision you can possibly ever make. You're talking about death, and we're talking death to not just our side. We're talking death all over. I would be very, very cautious. I think I'd be a lot slower. She has a happy trigger. You look, she votes for the war. But she goes, she has a happy trigger? She's got a smiley face on I it. Think no, it's a she's not trigger happy. Burden. She has a happy trigger. There's yeah. no greater burden yeah. than anybody could have. Uh, I've been preparing this for a long time. And, you know, my theme is make America great again. We're going to make America great again. But, Matt, we've also got to make America strong again. And right now we are not strong. Believe me, we have a depleted military. We're the greatest people in the world in our military, but it is very sadly depleted. The Republican nominee for president of the United States, Donald Trump. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for that shit show finally being the fuck over. What a ginormous fucking cockwad that guy is. Oh, he's a, if there was cods and cocks and wads and wads a cock he would be the waddiest cock i don't even know what i'm saying i don't know where that's going i think the I sentiment myself. is nonetheless however <laughs> i trumped that one up fucking asshole that guy is. that was amazing i hope i fucking hope that the key takeaway from this tonight was him talking about women in the military yeah. oh god now uh, you fucking asshole here's here's the problem this with with well with Trump, him never saying anything to begin with, I, in the back of my head, I really want these these uh, debates to come across as, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, and mm. he can be cornered very easily, and mm-hmm. it's like a caged beast where he's just screaming to do whatever he can <laughs> to get out of it. Uh, but he is the same, re- he's spewing the same rhetoric of nothing. Mm-hmm. And this is not going to change anyone's mind. The wor- the really the whole point that he can in order to gain or that he can do to gain anything in the polls is to defame her more. Yes. It there's nothing he can add to his repertoire of actual policy. Th- there's nothing he can add cuz that doesn't exist. Who was who was the I believe he's with CNN uh the the Correspondent who said Donald Trump is a bullshit artist. Oh, uh, uh, I, oh, his face is in my. I think of his name right now. My wife now. would smack Dr. Me. Sanjay Gupta? Is that who it was? Is that right? I feel like that might I be right. I think it was. He's on CNN. But I'm not sure. I think it was. I think that was, okay. Yeah. I think it was Dr. Sanjay Gupta who said Donald Trump is a bullshit artist. Yeah, we heard it. We heard it on the radio. And, and, it was and, awesome. And yeah, I mean, he said that while they're live on CNN and. He's since said, yeah, no, that's absolutely true. He's a, he's a fucking bullshit artist. He, that's what he's best at. And like, a, you know, to bring this up back back around to the religious aspect of it, <laughs> like I was saying pre-show, uh, he speaks a lot like a pastor mm-hmm. where regardless of what he says can always be applied in some way to every single person that's listening. Or it, a cold reader or a psychic. Correct, or, yeah. correct. So he can spew, if you spew nothing... People will accept anything and because their own interpretation is up to interpretation. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, you know, if he just says something along the lines of, uh, you know, this is the this is the greatest and, and, oh, I promise I'll do the great stuff. People internally are thinking, I know what I think is great. I know what I think we need to um, do to progress the nation. And he also thinks that he knows 
Therefore, they must be in line because I agree with we need to be better. So it's a it, let's it's, make America great again. Yeah, it's an exercise in in circle logic. jerking. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say the logic is not there to say the guy's not saying anything. He's really saying everything to his supporters. He's saying everything they need to hear because what they're hearing is their own commentary on his policy. Yeah, it's a giant fucking circle jerk. Yep. All right. Well, that's done. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with a couple quick news stories. I know, I know we're going a bit long this evening, but I wanted to, there's a couple of stories that we can cover just in brief. And You know, at, as, as an avid listener to the podcast, I like the longer shows. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> well, good, because they happen sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Tonight will be one of those times. All right. We'll be back in a moment. Human civilization began by putting purpose and, and, and intelligent purpose behind gods associated with the sun, the moon, the planets, the wind, the earth, the oceans. There, it's been by one estimate over a thousand different gods throughout human history. Mars, God of War, Poseidon, Thor, all the rest. And the really important thing is that all of you, or almost all of you probably, are now atheists regarding those gods. The only difference is it's just one that we may disagree about. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the Twatter at TGI Podcast. Thanks, bitches. 40%, 45% of the American people believe literally in Adam and Eve, believe literally that the world is only 6,000 years old. Mm. I mean, that's a shocking figure, and you can't duck out of it by saying, oh, sophisticated theologians don't, don't believe it. Unfortunately, what sophisticated theologians believe isn't really relevant to what the majority of Christians do believe. All right, so we've got a couple news stories that we wanted to cover this evening. Yes. Whoopee! Just kind of quickly in passing, maybe, because it's been a long show already. Uh, first up, we have... From Peggy Fletcher Stack at the Salt Lake Tribune, headline reads, Lord giveth and new manual taketh away. Mormon Apostle's statement on gay policy is cut from online lesson. So I posted Ooh. this earlier on Facebook on my timeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And had a couple people who ignorantly posted a whole bunch of bullshit because they don't know how to fucking read <laughs> and or were confused about what the church has said in the past and figured that because I'm an atheist, that means that I'm just spouting off nonsense yeah. about the church doing something terrible, even if the church hasn't done something fucking terrible. Since you're atheist, you cannot read a Bible. Yeah. And and I you clearly don't, know me. don't follow this fucking shit because I live in Utah under you're the cloud forced. of this heinous fuckery all the goddamn time anyway senior mormon apostle russell m nelson gave the lds church's totally debated and hotly debated policy <laughs> about, about gay couples and their children extra emphasis when he declared the action came as the result of a revelation from heaven to the faith's prophet from heaven Nelson's sermon, delivered in Hawaii in January 2016, and which became nearly as controversial as the policy itself, was included in a new online doctrinal mastery manual for seminary teachers. But no more. A spokesman for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you know, the, the Mormons, Mormons, yeah, has confirmed that the Nelson illustration has been removed from the lesson on prophets and revelation. 
as Mormon authorities continue to develop the new online training for teachers who instruct Mormon high schoolers. So was it a revelation or not a revelation? So what happened was that in November, the LDS Church made a new policy decision wherein they stated that children of same-sex couples may not be baptized into the LDS Church if those same-sex couples are cohabitating and and living the gay lifestyle. But if if they've, no, like forsake their parents then they could right yeah so when this happened it had regular church pew sitting members of the lds church all up in arms yeah saying how can you penalize children for what their parents are doing you Mm -hmm. know if the children want to be members of the church and the parents though misguided and sinful as they are in living their homosexual lifestyle wicked people wish their children to be members faithful members of the church, why not allow them to be baptized? My very, very LDS cousins were very upset by this. Yep. Made posts all over Facebook. A lot of my LDS friends were really upset by this. This has been a bad one. Yeah. Yes. It was a really terrible policy decision. So after all of this uproar from even the regular church-attending LDS members, well, lo and behold... The, the brethren come together and say, no, this isn't just a policy made by us flawed men. This came down from on high. Ooh, there yes. was a revelation. And that's what Nelson's uh, sermon was all about. Uh, part of his sermon said that each of us during that sacred moment felt a spiritual confirmation. It was our privilege as apostles to sustain what had been revealed to President Monson. That feeling wasn't spiritual confirmation. It was semen rolling down his chin. Meaning <laughs> meaning that <laughs> this policy did not just come from flawed leaders of the church. This came from God, God. Almighty, the yeah. invisible man in the sky, telling them that this is what they needed to do. This wasn't just a policy decision made by the apostles and the yeah. church and the church leaders. This came from God himself. And, as and we- so you, regular church-attending Mormon member... Shut the fuck up and sit down because it wasn't us. It was God. So yeah. if you've got a problem with it, take it up with God. Don't talk to us about it. Go fuck yourself. And if there's anything we've learned is that God's word is true and never changing. Right. So, so it's in stone. So they make the policy, the policy decision. A couple months go by. January rolls around. He makes this sermon yeah. saying that, no, it wasn't really it wasn't us, guys. Don't Don't be mad at us. It was God did it. God made us do this. God told us that this is what we had to do. So don't be mad at us. And shut up. And so then the church members quieted down because they don't want to argue with God. Put it on the shelf. Yeah. And so this went into or had crept into their teaching, their online teaching manual for seminary teachers. And recently the church removed that. And a bunch of ignorant fucking people figure, oh, well, the church removes that, and so they've changed the policy. That's not what fucking no. happened, people. They didn't change the policy. No. They just removed the sermon saying yeah. that it came from God. Yeah. They haven't changed the fucking policy. Still, if you are a gay person who has gay pa- or if you're a, a straight person who has gay parents who are living together, you cannot be baptized into the LDS church until you reach the age of 18 and disavow your parents' lifestyle. Yep. yep. That's the other key component yeah. here. Is that you have to abandon your yeah. family in order to be baptized into the church. Which is quite fucked up. And if you're straight and your child's gay, you better abandon him too. Yeah. But yeah, at least a couple people posted really fucking ignorant comments on my <laughs> timeline that it took me a little while to sort out that, oh no, 
you are just clearly fucking wrong and don't know what the fuck you're talking about and are talking to everybody else as if we're stupid when in fact you're the fucking moron yeah. who doesn't know what the fuck you're talking about now now looking at this policy and how much of a problem it's caused throughout the church and well i can't say throughout the church at least the church um where i am here in utah and utah county specifically as many problems as this has caused as this has caused it's been pretty large in the scope of uh, of what I've experienced in my adult life, mm-hmm. I yeah, don't it pissed off everybody. I don't know what inside and else outside it's going to take for people to say um, enough is enough. I'm done. Yeah. When does your shelf get overloaded and fall off the wall? Now a lot of people have said I'm done, but they're not done. You know that only goes so far to say this really makes me mad. Oh, wait, I'll wait a couple months and then, oh, the community feels good. (laughs) And then I just couldn't do that to the young women. I couldn't quit teaching the young men. Oh, but I'm a scout leader. I can't do that. Oh, but I'm a, I'm a second counselor and the, the, where do they impetuously initially? And now that I've had some time for thoughtful reflection and prayer, I will just buffet. My concerns have shrunk to the size that I can put it in a smaller box to fit on the (laughs) shelf next to all of the other concerns that I have and it'll be fine. Yep, and I'll just I'll wash it away with Prozac. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. but it, it it just I just wonder what actually it will take. Um, this isn't part of the. the well, it's different for everybody, right? I yeah, mean, it, and unless it affects them personally, unfortunately, so many people will stay. Now, here's another thing that happened recently, and this is I don't need to add to the conversation. All I need to say is keep an eye out for this: a second white seer stone <gasps> what? has been revealed. Oh, what? Yep. A second white seer stone. A second seer stone that is not yet pure heard of white. This. I just, on the way here, I had it pop up on one of my- Does uh, it- Is it pure white and delightsome? It, white and delightsome. <laughs> now, does it wear a pointy hat with eye holes cut in it? Oh, yeah, uh, exactly. It's, it's Good call. It's a triangular rock with little <laughs> round eye holes. Yeah. So- It's w- the one they used prior to 1978. So we'll keep an eye on that one. But anyway, what my whole point was- what else is it going to take? Like, really? At yeah. what point do they go, ah, man, this is just, this is enough. I I mean, I know gay people. I, I'm related to them. I have great, loving, wonderful relationships with them. And the situ, and the, and then the church and, or the organization, depending on how oh. they look at it, that I'm involved with truly deeply despises them as not only human beings, but as spiritual beings. Uh, in which, if that's what you believe in, that's much higher than a human being. At what point do you go, they're wrong? Well, now, people are saying you're wrong. Yeah. But that's as far as it goes. Well, mm. as, I'll still as pay Ken my Ham tithing said, because it's, it's, I need to be saved. But, but as Ken Ham said, nothing, <laughs> nothing will change. Nothing will change. Yep. Nothing will change him from his views. Well, yeah, a lot of people and, have that same sentiment. Yeah. And, and you, you said, what else does it take? Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times I've had an argument with somebody either in person or online or, or repeatedly just throughout different things on the, on a, on one particular topic, right? Whether it's, uh, religion or vaccines or GMOs or whatever. And they'll bring up point after point after point after point after point that all of them I refute and shut down and tell them why they're wrong or explain, no, that's not really what's happening. This is what's happening. And you should, you should change your mind about this because of this. And it's every single point on down the fucking line. And I did this with somebody on GMOs. I don't know, probably a year ago. And I got frustrated because it was this 
back and forth that had got on for two or three days. And I'm like, okay, it's been three days now. Let's, let's make a quick recap. Okay. I made a post about GMOs and said that they're great and wonderful and, you know, there's no harm. They're doing good things. Golden rice is wonderful. The, the pesticides aren't an issue. And you came along and said this, and I refuted it and said this and you agreed. And then you said this, and I refuted it, and you agreed. And then you said this, and I refuted it, and you agreed. And then you said this, and I refuted it, and you agreed. And you saw, and you changed your mind. And I said, at what point are you just going to stop throwing out arguments? Are you going to stop throwing out talking points that you've heard somebody else spout in one place or another or at one time or another before you stop and just Take a look at it yourself. Look at everything yourself. Why am I having to go through and re- and refute point by point every fucking thing that you believe about this before you stop and go and, and look at it yourself and say, I had thought all of these demented wrong things about this subject, and so I need to go and look at it for myself. Or you just say, okay, well, I had 15, you know, a number of 15 problems with this, and I've had conversations with somebody where they've where they've demolished 10 of these arguments, at what point can you just say, the other five are probably bad too? Or the other five aren't even anything that we've talked about yet because they weren't in my top 10 reasons of why I disagreed initially, and so they're fucking pointless anyway. Mm -hmm. At what point do you just go, okay, enough enough is enough. I have to change my mind on this because what I thought before was wrong. Yeah, I yeah, who knows? You know, and and on that point, you know, what will it take... I think maybe some of our listeners, if you tweet at TGR podcast, um, <laughs> what is it going to take to change it? I mean, if you look at, uh, uh, if you are a non-believer, what's it going to take for you to believe? I mean, what will it take? I mean, there's, there's something that I, it would take me to believe. Uh, it's along the lines of, along the exact same lines of Matt Delante, and you can look that up. Um, demonstrable evidence. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, or you can even just say, you know, I don't know what it would take. Yeah. I don't know. But an all powerful God would know. Yeah. And could yeah. do it. Mm hmm. And then, change my mind in an instant. And for all the believers that are still listening to us right now, uh, <laughs> at TGR podcast, what would it take? What would what would it take to make you change your mind if they said people with blue eyes are terrible human beings and and you're an abomination to God even though you know blue eyes and blonde hair is the, that's that's so like almost all the Mormons right so do I but um, uh, what will it take I mean really what will it take and I don't know I, like I said it's it's different for everybody and unfortunately it it takes having it affect them personally or somebody in their life personally before they'll make that change. You know, you see it with uh, the LDS mothers who were previously against gay marriage and thought being gay was an abomination. And now there's a certain woman who, who I don't agree with at all. And I, I mean, I agree. I'm, I'm happy now that she purports to support her gay son but I think she uses him being gay as a personal trophy that she trots out and shows everybody. 
see, I was bad before, but now look at my wonderful gay son and I support him now and, right. and yeah. this and that. And, and he went through some hard times, but me and my husband, oh my gosh, we went through some really hard times mm-hmm. because right. we decided to support him and look at me and look at us. And we were so miserable, but now we're doing okay. But our gay son, look at our gay son and isn't he great? You know, that <laughs> real quick story, very quick. Uh, that the last time I attended church was in my parents' ward after my divorce. Mm. And they got into a discussion of uh, gays. And uh, let's see, this was probably seven years ago, uh, six years ago, somewhere around there. Seven, mm. no, somewhere around there. Uh, and it was in an elders quorum meeting. They was ta- talking about the gay lifestyle, you know, what they thought it meant. And and, <laughs> and then one, and I didn't even know. I always know, wonder what those internal conversations are like. <laughs> and I, gay lifestyle. What, like a missionary? Um, so they were talking, one of the, one of the dads had stood up and said that, that all of the trials and tribulations that his family has suffered because one of his sons had come out of the closet. And yeah, why didn't you just stay there? And I for thought, us. I thought, okay, let me, let me listen to him for a minute because I know he's in a clouded place. I know this is before, you know, my atheism had full on hit, yeah, full bore, but this definitely helped. Uh, basically saying, look how, look at all these trials our family went through because we have such a godless abomination living, you know, from the loins of me and my wife, which are God fearing human beings. The challenge that has been presented to us. Our family really grew because we had to, yeah, exactly. Because we had to to really take him under our wing and show him that he, uh, and I just, and I said, and this is the last time, like I said, this is the last time I went to church. And I said, wait a minute, what about your son? And I said, well, what about my son? They said, what, what about him? How does he feel? How does he, oh, he's fine. <laughs> um, no, he's not no. fine. Yeah, just you saying this out loud and that he's not here with you means it's not fine. The way that you are talking about him, the way you're talking, the way you're diminishing, diminishing his life, you know, being flipped upside down as a, as a trial for you, it's not fine. Go talk to him. Have a conversation with him. But that was the last time I attended church. Yeah. The, the last conversation I had with the woman that I was mentioning earlier was, she had made a post online in one of the LDS groups about, oh, you know, me and my husband have been ostracized by church members and they're mean to us and blah, blah, blah. And our life is so hard and, you know, but our son is great. And, but, you know, people are just so mean to us because oh. we support our son now and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and my, my comment before, before she unfriended me and won't speak to me anymore <laughs> was, you know, I, I see you make comments like this all the time where it's talking about your struggles and life was so hard for you, but you've also said that you supported Prop 8, that you went door knocking, you donated money, you spent so much time in support of this and getting it passed. How how bad are the things that have happened to you and your husband versus an entire lifetime of growing up with parents like you for a gay son? Yeah. How much harder do you think it was for him versus what you're going through now? And she unfriended me instantly. <laughs> That's the way it goes. And I'm like, think about it, bitch. <laughs> Hopefully she did. I, I hope so. I hope she thinks about it all the fucking time. <laughs> science works. And the fact that science works has buried the gods of the wind and the sun and the moon. 
Farmers now, as I was just saying, when it, when it doesn't rain, they don't pray for rain anymore. They go see a meteorologist. And that's a good thing. In the process, the human condition has improved immensely, and it will continue to improve as science continues to bury the one remaining God. Hey, everybody, this is X. And I'm Kyle. And I'm Felicia. We're the Utah Outcasts. Three out, unashamed, and active atheists living in Utah. And we are personally inviting you to let us love your ears each and every week. As we take the news, current events, and pop culture and give it a little twist... A love twist with consent. And we'll be joined each week by a special guest to tell us what makes them an outcast like us. Come find us. The Utah Outcasts. On PodHell.com, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And on UtahOutcast.com. We finally bought that domain off the kids handing out mixtapes in the mall. Come be an outcast with us. Take care of yourselves out there. Bonne nuit. And you're welcome. Don't you sometimes feel uh, sad about breaking all these myths apart? <laughs> no, no, because I, I, I think it's uh, some myths are, are deserve to be broken apart out of respect for the human intellect. That um, no, when you're writhing on the ground and froth is coming out of your mouth, you're having an epileptic seizure. You have not been invaded by the devil. We got this one figured out. Okay. You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. Uh, last up. Maybe last up. Second to last up, maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got another story from the Salt Lake Tribune. This one is titled Defending Fundraiser. Dem hopeful Mike Weinholz says Saturday's voyeur is parody, not anti-Mormon bigotry. Have you guys gone to see Saturday's Voyeur? You know, I haven't. I, as much as I love theater, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I have never been to Saturday's Voyeur, and everybody, oh, it's a Jeff, lot of fun. you'd love it. It's amazing. So I, I need to do that. It's a whole lot of fun. You should come next year when we do the Atheists of Utah night at Saturday's Voyeur because we get the whole green room. Yeah. We set up a little uh, buffet kind of thing. You know, bring your own food, and you can take in your own drinks and shit. It's a really, really good time, man. I'm always working. Yeah. So, so for those not in the know. The LDS Church produced a play and then a movie, and then they're redoing a new movie called Saturday's Warrior. Mm-hmm. And it's all about this this gaggle, this family, this group of kids. I think gaggle's a good, in the, a good <laughs> word. In the pre-existence before they come to Earth, who throughout the movie and play, you know, they, they have this family in heaven who are hoping to be joined together on Earth after they are birthed to their earthly parents. And it's this whole story back and forth about, you know, maybe one of them won't get born or maybe they'll be aborted or they'll have problems or the parents won't have all of the children and that's going to separate their heavenly family and whatever. And it's called Saturday's Warrior. So there's a local production company, a theater company here called Salt Lake Acting Company. And for the past 38 years, I believe, they have done a play called Saturday's Voyeur. And it's, it's a satirical parody look at Saturday's Warrior and, and they change it every year, you mm-hmm. know, and they change it sometimes within days of the actual performance <laughs> to update it with new political information about what's going yeah. on in the state yeah. of Utah and, and, and the nation at large. And they just make a mockery of all of the bullshit that is swirling around in politics here. And with religion in general and more, the, the LDS church specifically, but it's just a fun, parody satirical thing that 
those who are not devoutly LDS have a really good fucking time yeah. going to watch every year. So Mike Weinholz is running for governor for the mm-hmm. state of Utah on the Democratic ticket and was planning to hold a fundraiser to have members come and watch Saturday's Voyeur raise funds for his political campaign. Uh, the story says that Mike Weinholz, the Democratic candidate for governor, defended his planned fundraiser at Friday's performance of Saturday's Voyeur and said Mormons offended by the annual parody of Utah's culture and politics weren't likely to vote for him anyway. <laughs> true. <laughs> Which That's is absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> His comments come a day after Republican Party Chairman James Evans called on Weinholz to cancel the event, calling the Salt Lake Acting Company's production, quote, bigotry. You don't think they've been a run out of, they would have been run out of town by now (laughs) after 30 plus years? Yeah, actually it is. Uh, it's 38 years. 38 years. Yeah, they, 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 they hated the Book of Mormon play by the uh, South Park guys. And tell it won a whole bunch of Tony Awards. Yeah, Trey Parker. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, look, yeah, we like it now. Yeah, it's funny. Ha, 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 whatever. And you got the LDS church taking out ads in the in the playbill for the yeah. Mormon. It was it amazing. Goes. I still have Which that is playbill. <laughs> By the way, mocking. we were at, we were at the same performance. Oh, yeah? I screamed at you. You were in the parking garage. Oh, nice. I don't know if you remember I, I think I think I remember like, somebody hey, yelling man. at me. That yeah. was before, way before I knew you. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> and I think I looked around like, who the fuck yeah. is that? Yeah, who's that? Evans told... Evans said the GOP, quote, believes that choosing to celebrate the camaraderie of being a Utah liberal with a play about religious bigotry is repugnant, especially (laughs) in the current religious and political climate. Weinholz responded by saying Evans is raising the issue as one of his typical political stunts, which I completely agree with. Yeah. And where was Utah Republican Party Chairman James Evans when the LDS Church was promoting religious bigotry? And propping up Prop 8 in California. Yeah, yep. Where were his protestations of religious bigotry then? Where were his protestations of religious bigotry in November when the LDS church made this new policy decision? Yeah. Barring the children of same-sex couples from being baptized into the LDS church. What? Where were his protestations prior to 1978 when the LDS church didn't allow black people to hold the priesthood in their church? Where is he every single time Senator Valentine opens his mouth? <laughs> Right. Where where were his protestations about religious bigotry then? But if it comes from God, it can't be bigotry. And so he's got to complain and make political hay out of Mike Weinholz having a good time with his friends at a play yep. where people who would not be voting for Mike Weinholz anyway would never attend. Yeah. Now, now here's a curious question. Why is he even speaking to this if Mike Weinholz isn't that big of a deal? I, I mean, think, really, I why? Worried. Uh, yeah. And I think they have good reason to be because Herbert is a fucking dickhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't get me going. Who even a lot of Republicans are just tired of. I mean, he lost he lost the first round in the primary to yeah. somebody um, who's yeah. even more crazy than he yeah. is. But so, yeah, I, I think Mike is perfectly fine doing this fundraiser, and I think it's I think it's hilarious that this guy even took the time to bring this up. Yeah, because. He's just shown himself to be a horrible fucking hypocrite. Now I'll now I'll go ahead and uh, and and make a declaration for my family. My wife and I are now going to go see Saturday's Voyeur. Nice and contribute to his campaign. Excellent. <laughs> Those are both great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last up, just in passing, we should mention that Donald Trump's lawyer says that a mass of vapor in the upper atmosphere looks like Donald Trump. And so that must mean that God wants Donald Trump to win. And it's an awesome picture. <laughs> that looks 
It's Photoshop. It's got to be Photoshop. Looks like a witch. This comes to us from Hemant Meta at the Friendly Atheist blog on Patheos. He says that Donald Trump's the the headline reads Donald Trump's lawyer. Here's a cloud that looks like Trump, so God must be sending a message. Michael Cohen, a lawyer for Donald Trump, said on Twitter last night that God wants his candidate in the White House, and the proof was right there in the sky. And there's Didn't a the picture. other fifteen Republican candidates say the same thing? Sixteen. Sixteen. <laughs> well, sixteen, including Trump. God chose them. You know why I chose Bernie Sanders to, or why I chose to support Bernie Sanders? Mm. I saw him in my toast. <laughs> oh yeah. I, Good old Paradolia. He looked like a lot of the Muppets I used to play with when I was a little kid. Pretty smarty gerber. There's a picture of Michael Cohen's tweet that reads, In case anyone is unsure as to who will be our next hashtag POTUS, the Lord has chosen the people's messenger. And there's a picture that is a cloud who, that appears to be a bit of a profile of someone with really terrible hair. <laughs> So, I mean, it's it could like, be Donald Trump. It could have been anyone, but the fact that it's a cloud is probably what made his hair look you know what? Like it, you know what would have made it really perfect, and we would know for sure it was Donald Trump, if the sun was setting behind and the cloud was orange. Yep. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that that looks like Marlon Brando. So, I don't... Maybe Marlon Brando's coming back to life. That, yeah. Like, if you were to show me that photograph and say, what do you see here? I'd be like, a, a, a cloud? I mean, if, cloud? if we're going to say it's Donald Trump, it looks like a really fat Donald Trump. If anything, what a what a wonderful picture! <laughs> and I'm wondering, I'm wondering what's at the bottom of the photograph, going towards his mouth. You know it's what? It, you know what it is. Oh. The, the, the <laughs> this whole picture is turned on its side. My oh, yeah? guess is it's probably that's probably not the perspective because that. I mean, not only what are the chances of it having that that look, but what are the chances it was its orientation is actually there? Yeah. Well, apparently the picture was a couple weeks old anyway. Yeah. Uh, the story continues to say that it's amazing how God can send an ambiguous signal through the clouds, but can't seem to alter any of Trump's disastrous poll numbers. <laughs> Bam. Incidentally, that image is more than two weeks old, and there have been another large number that yeah. I'm not going to try to figure out without any commas. Just like Stumbles <laughs> since then. So that cloud may be the best thing Trump's campaign team has going for them. And that'll yeah. do it. Okay. Yeah. I actually have one quick question real quick. Okay. One quick question real quick. One no, quick we, question we, real we quick. We still have not caught the score. As long as it's fast. Never. It's super fast. It's super fast. It's actually more in your court. <laughs> uh, like we mentioned pre-show, um, I, I've been a little uh, apprehensive of going to some of the atheist meetups. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little apprehensive mostly because I didn't know what to expect. Fucking weirdos. That's can, what you should can expect. You, can you tell me what you I You know what expect? you should expect? People like you. People who are just seeking like-minded people who they can sit down and chit-chat with, people who they can feel comfortable around, who they can feel comfortable being around, who they don't feel like they're going to judge them for not being religious, who are going to ask them what religion they are, what church they attend, how often they go to church, that you can just sit down and have an actual conversation with and not worry about upsetting someone's delicate sensibilities about their invisible bully in the sky. Someone who likes movies, who likes comics, who likes going to Comic-Con, who may be a little socially awkward like all of us are. I mean, there I, I had actually the same reservations before I went to any of the things. Like I mentioned on the show before that, uh, you know, when I when I first thought of attending any of the Atheists of Utah events, I just kind of stalked the group online, mm-hmm. yep. saw what events they were planning, RSVP'd to a couple coffee chats and then didn't go. 
And then I'd write a, I'd write a reply or a post saying, Oh, sorry, I didn't make it. Something came up. Me being a chicken shit was, was, <laughs> was what came up, but you know, something came up and I didn't go. I'll try to make it next time. And finally I just, I, I resolved that I would go to the coffee chat and meet some people. And, you know, I, I hear complaints every now and then that when people, when new people go to the events that, Oh, well, it's a little clicky, you know, you go there and, and it's hard to break into conversations and it's really not. I mean, anybody who wants to be part of a conversation is Just certainly welcome in. to join the conversation. And most of the people there, if somebody walks in who they don't recognize, it's, Hey, I'm so and so. Who are you? Are you looking for atheists of Utah? Mm-hmm. Welcome. What's your name? What's going on? How long have you been in Utah? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Do you like comic books? Do you like superheroes? Do you like sports ball? What, what, what are your interests? The answer is yes, yes, and most of the time. Were you religious previously? <laughs> what religion? I mean, yeah. it's just, it's getting to know you, getting to know you, getting to, getting know, to know all about you. Wow. Quartet. We went there. <laughs> get him, get, get mad here. We're starting a quartet. <laughs> But it is. It's it's just overcoming that initial fear of meeting new people and doing something yeah. different, getting out of your comfort zone and having having the nerve to just go and do it. Just fucking do it. Come out and talk to us. We're not going to kill you. We're not going to beat you up. We're not going to say you're a dumbass or be mean. We're we're all very welcoming. We love as ostracized members of a hugely religious community we are all very excited to meet other people with with similar sensibilities awesome yeah. i think okay well i think maybe starting on the tgr podcast facebook page some people can pledge to maybe come for their first time sure and then if i get a couple people that want to come maybe i'll come too okay so well, let's let's do that i'm gonna i'm gonna try to attend again after i get back from wisconsin yeah try to check out this new place i'm excited that sound you know like that, that gets my blood going in a good way yes we have all kinds of fun stuff coming up we've got a highway cleanup coming up uh we've got our last coffee chat at mestizo coming up this week where uh, that has been the home for our thursday coffee chat for years and years now but we outgrew the we outgrew the venue years ago and have had a hard time finding another place that was suitable. And we think we finally found that in Badass Coffee in Salt Lake City. So, we love them. Good bike team, by the way. So we will be meeting at Badass next week, Mestizo this week for the last, possibly the last coffee chat at Mestizo. Okay, so we need to see at least five new people at each one of these <laughs> yes. each week. Yes. Everybody come along. And it should be a lot easier for people to attend. At Mestizo, it was really difficult because the parking was bad. It was kind of a seedy area. It was a little bit difficult to find. The The room was really hard to have a conversation in because it was really echoey. Sometimes they had art exhibits in there that would kind of overtake the room and just be in the fucking way of everything. I mean, Mestizo, don't get me wrong, they've been awesome in supporting us for all of these years. And they've reserved that room for us on Thursday every week for years and years. And the, the service has been wonderful. The people there have always been very kind and welcoming and supportive of atheists of Utah, but it's just, we, we've just gotten too big and it's time for a change. Okay, good. Thank you for answering that, by the way. You're very welcome. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Oh, yeah. Thanks for joining us again, Jeff. I really appreciate it. It has been a pleasure. It is one of the highlights of my 
days. Just, <laughs> I was going to say highlight of my week, but it really is. It's I love it. It's great. Gets oh, a lot of stuff off my chest. So yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. And we miss you, Matt. We miss you, Matt. Pass You're, your tests. Yeah, pass your we tests. Need, we need some pissing hard. rants. Yeah. I love Matt rants. Yeah. Uh, I tried to do a little something with the Schlafly thing, but it works. It incomparable. <laughs> incomparable compared to the. <laughs> <laughs> the anyway. Incomparable comparison. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, we'll talk to you all next week. Goodbye. Bye bye.
and we got a repeat. Is it a re? Oh, yeah, okay. Just skip down one. Well, okay. Yeah. So you just read. <laughs> I'll read Dan. So you do the next one. Wait. Oh, I got this all <laughs> fucked, didn't I? <laughs> why, why don't you just do the next one and make it easier? Because <laughs> then I'll try to read my name when I'm supposed to be reading okay. yours. Okay, we can do that. It sounded better in my head when I was thinking about it than when it came out. I'm like, whoa, that, that came out completely inappropriate. Oh. <laughs> better than making noises. <laughs> oh. I can pull a better cartoon out of my ass. That's nice. <laughs> I like your Krusty the Clown. Hummina, 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 hummina. God damn it! Oh, <laughs> Too far again. Oh, you fucked that up bad. <gasps> I'm telling Dan. <laughs> I'm especially good at ejaculating. Oh, what a guy that Gaston. What the fuck is that from?